Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Monster Rabbit Podcast. This is the show dedicated to discussing all things Volkswagen Mark 1s, early Westie, late Westie, caddies, golfs, you name it, we're talking about the Mark 1s here. Today's episode um, is brought to you by me, <laughs> because advertisements suck ass. Uh, I hopefully want to keep this podcast advertisement free but unless it's something to do with like mark ones or volkswagens or something that we that we use like at no point do i want to be advertising shit like hello fresh uh or fucking manscaped or whatever even me just saying those names it just doesn't taste nice in my mouth like coming out of my mouth uh that's what she said Anyway, <laughs> in today's episode, we've got very special guest, a very special guest, Kevin White, and we're going to talk about his 1978 uh, in Inari Green Silver Rabbit. Uh, we've, we're also going to talk about other things, like he's got a, a Tabasco Red Early Westie truck, which is currently with James Cooper Ryder, uh, another guest that's been on the podcast, and so. Oh, he, get, just get ready, because Kevin is such a nice, wholesome dude, and we're just going to dive into a few topics. Some topics might be controversial, uh, and we're just going to do a few deep dives on things, but, you know, initially, we're just, this whole podcast is all about tilting the microphone towards the guest and allowing people to come on the show and tell their story. So, with that said, enjoy the show. Anyway, dude, let's let's start the podcast. How are you? I am well. Thank you for having me. Dude, I've wanted to get you on for a, a while. Uh, a while. Um, for those listening, we've got Kevin White. Do you prefer Kev or Kevin? Uh, no one calls me Kev other than ex-girlfriends. So uh, oh. if you want to be put in that category, I'm fine with it. But Kevin. <laughs> Kevin. And now... We've got lots to talk about. I've got lots of things to, you know, I've got loads of things to ask you. We've got uh, questions from the listeners coming up in, in the show, as always. And, you know, we just, as you know, this show is all about allowing people to come on and tell their story. And uh, no, but I just wanted to say thank you again, because you have actually, you're one of these people that have helped me out with any issues that I have with the rabbit and things like that in the past so like do you remember when i had like issues with the um the turn signals oh yeah blink blinking really fast and uh you were one of the guys that that were in the dms and sending me photos and videos and just being really really helpful so i can't thank you enough for for just just taking the time really uh to talk me through things as as a lot of people know i'm very new to all this a lot of the, the problems that i have i'm like having them for the first time which is fun in a way and we can talk about this if you want but a lot of people i speak to they say they could never handle like the older vehicles like the mark ones because of all the things you've got to fix you're going to buy it and you don't know how many problems it's got but it's like for me 
I kind of like the idea that I'm going to have to fix problems because you're going through something and you're learning at the same time, especially in my case. Have you experienced anything like that yourself, like fixing or coming up with issues or finding issues for the first time and going through it? Oh, absolutely, man. So like I, I can relate very much with what you're saying in that part. I'm probably more torn and like I don't want things to break. But at the same time, it's I do view them to some degree as an opportunity to learn. Yes. And and, and so, like, you know, I didn't and I appreciate you, you know, like you're, you're very welcome for the help, because like earlier today, my like 19 year old neighbor, his BMW started pissing coolant all over the place. So I was out there today trying to help uh-huh. him. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's like a brand new BMW, too, which is not good. But wow. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, that's that, you know, I. I I've self-taught pretty much everything. Like I learned everything I know now in whatever, 20 plus years of working on cars through something bad happening, being stranded on the road or something broke and then digging into it. And yeah, I mean, I'm sure you'll ask me my background and stuff at some point, but like for me, like there is a bit of a thrill in like solving the problem, right? Like it's a puzzle or whatever you're, you got to get in there with your hands or your mind and figure it out. Yes. And, yeah. And, and so between, you know, the Corrado I own and the, the, the rabbit and stuff like, yeah, there's, there's plenty of stuff that I've spent a lot of time in Bentley manuals and online on the old forums and things, digging up answers to questions to try to solve them. But yeah, it's, it's rewarding at the end of the day. Oh, totally, man. Like, Obviously, we, we were going back and forth, and I'm just using the um, turn signal issue as an example, but we were going back and forth, trying different things, and it was like, oh, it's not working, man. It's <laughs> not working, man. And But like, it was just a simple fix as to replace the, um, uh, the relay in the fuse box. And I was like, but when you do find that answer, when you do find you solve the issue the even if it's the tiniest thing like that where the turn signals were just flashing repeatedly stupidly fast and you finally fix that issue the joy that you that comes to you, the joy that you feel is just beyond even the tiniest things i'm like i cannot be alone in that situation do you know what i mean i don't what situation what what issues what's the smallest issue that you've had that's just bugged you so much but you finally fixed it and you, you oh, must man. have felt that surely. I mean, for some, for some of the guys out there, like they'll understand this, like a, a, a Corrado is pretty much a, a, just a nonstop problem of some sort. Really? <laughs> yeah. They're, they're known from, from the get go back in the day as like wiring nightmares. Um, but uh, I'm trying to think of, a, I mean, there's so many times that thing that they're one of my biggest I think fears now is like, I don't trust my cars a lot. And so I won't drive them other than like really? the, the R32 cause it's newer. <laughs> yeah. Um, just because how many times they've left me stranded, but um, the, the Corrado one time I drove it from North Carolina all the way up to Pittsburgh to visit my family. Um, this was probably back in like 2010 or so. Yeah. And, um, and on the way back in the middle of rural Virginia, like kind of nowhere, it just died on me. It like started like idling really bad and died. 
And of course, you know, I don't know where I'm at. This was like kind of pre good cell phones. Like, I don't think you had, I mean, if you had like a GPS, you know, a standalone thing. Yeah. But I didn't have one of those, you know, we didn't have Google maps back then. Mm. Um, I don't think we did. We probably like, I think that was the days you still printed off like map quest directions or something. Yeah, man. <laughs> dating <laughs> myself, dating myself. Um, <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, so it ends up getting, we towed it to a shop and, and I ended up getting stranded there for like a day and a half while they tried to figure out if it was the fuel pump or just a relay or all this stuff. And, uh, and yeah, at the end of the day, they, they did all this stuff and they ended up like kind of hot wiring a relay, um, to make it basically stay open and, and it would run fine with that kind of issue. Wow. And, uh, and so I was able to drive it back home and then it gave me problem. It gave me the same problems for like months still after that. And so I, that's, that was one of the reasons I ended up just like tearing that whole car apart way back in the day. But yeah, like, I mean, sometimes it's just the littlest things, but it can take forever to like kind of solve them. And what was that on the rabbit that you have now? Or no, no, that, that was on my, that was on my Corrado. Right. And did you end up, fi- you must have ended up fixing the issue. Uh, yeah, the shop was able to get it, to get it working. Cause I, this was, that was back before I really knew as much as I know today on things. Mm-hmm. My, my knowledge on what to fix and, and whatever was, was much more rudimentary back then. But um, yeah, they got it fixed and it, but it continued to have issues for all the time off and on after that. It was on, um, again, those, um, early vr6 motors with the obd1 like the idle the idle speed valve or whatever would always give me problems and i'd clean it and things and there was a there was a number of wiring issues and so i ended up i think in 2011 or so maybe 2012 somewhere in there i ended up just tearing the whole car apart and redoing everything wow man wow see the thing is you've got the space though haven't you and you're you're working on something at the moment aren't you working on a pretty big uh, garage space is that right yeah yeah i've always um so i always wanted a big like kind of outside of town uh, a, a decent amount of land and, and have a big shop and uh i met my wife a long time ago and, and she didn't quite want that and and so you know happy wife happy life so so we compromised and we moved kind of into town so i don't have i don't have a lot of land um, but I got just enough to where I can build a big shop kind of garage on it now. Um, yeah. What, what sort of space are we looking at? Um, uh, just for, for someone like me, like uh, how many, how many cars would you be able to fit in this garage? I will be able to fit four in there. That's my plan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I normally ask this question like at the end, right? Every now and then, but as we bring it up now, I want to ask you now. <laughs> so, okay. Okay. And maybe people at home listening to this can maybe uh, answer this question as well to themselves. But, okay. So, imagine we just control, alt, delete all of your cars that you own right now. Right? Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and now you, you're looking at this finished four space, four car garage. And what are your four dream vehicles that are going in? Like, regardless of what you've got now, if you can have your four dream vehicles to go in there, what are we talking? Now, before you answer, I normally answer this with like, okay, well, I want one for like a daily. I want one that's like an off-roader. 
I want one that's like a camper and I want one that's like a go fast car. So, so, you know, do that, do with that what you will, but I would just love to sort of pick your brains and get your creative juices flowing before we dive further in the, the podcast. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the first one is like my dream car all through life is like a late 80s, early 90s Porsche, Porsche 911 Turbo. I mean, that's like the iconic car that like I grew up as a kid, like idolizing, right? And yeah, movies man. and other things. Um, I mean, that's a no brainer. And that, that, so that's your, that's your like, yeah, really baby it and, and go out fast kind of, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, oh, man. I mean, you don't have to do the categories, like I said. Yeah, yeah. To... I mean, the other one that jumps in my head, so I used to have a boss. I had an old Ferrari Testarossa from the 80s. You, you really? know, those wow. are like, yeah, he, he was, uh, he owned a lot of property and uh, a multimillionaire guy. He had, he had like an extensive car collection, but he, he had a white on white Ferrari Testarossa. And that thing was just amazing. And uh, he let us like start it up and drive it around his property a, a few times. Wow. And uh, it's a beautiful car. Just, you know, it's Ferrari, it just purrs. Um, so, but so you see a theme here. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a lover of like 80s boxy cars, uh, apparently. Mm. Um, I, you know, with my love of Volkswagen, I would I feel like I'd have to stick with a Volkswagen. So, you know, I think it would be my rabbit, like my rabbit, the way it is now, even like I think I would want that. And then probably probably my R32, because it, that was also like a dream car for me. I remember like when the, you know, when the marketing and advertisement kind of stuff came out in the early two thousands or whatever, I was in college at the time. Mm. And and I knew then that like, it was like, I want that car kind of thing. So So can I just ask as well? Cause the R32 has come up on the podcast before and people refer to it as the 20th anniversary something. No, that's a, that's a separate, that's a uh, special edition GTI. Oh, okay. I need to look further into that, obviously. But uh, so yeah, there's, too. yeah, okay. Yeah, there's several of those like, well, and, and you guys overseas get different variants also than like we get in the US, you know, even within each of the, you know, Mark 1, Mark 2, <laughs> Mark, Mark 3, Mark 4, etc. subsets. Mm. So it, it, it can get confusing on a global level, like all these different variants and things. Well, yeah, I think I've, I've either spoken to you or as or Justin Torres, but over here, uh, we've got the the Corrado uh, storms. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Because you said you've got one like parked near you that's like on cinder blocks or something, right? <laughs> okay, so there's, <laughs> uh, as you know, right now I'm still a mailman. So uh, the UK equivalent of United Postal Service. Yeah. And so I just basically go around delivering mail and parcels and stuff. And on one of my rounds that I do, there is a Corrado on bbs wheels with flat tires and on the back it's got like i think it's like a red badge but it just says storm on the back and it, the front the the hood of this corrado is like the paint is peeling away and stuff oh. it looks very cool but i've just recently seen the owner has moved it like and turned the, the actual car around facing the other way so it's I I get the uh, the feeling that he's going to keep it and fix it and stuff. But the the car that's on Cinderblocks is it's actually a Golf Cabriolet. And oh, okay. Yeah, it's like missing some of the wheels. It's just sat there rusting and rotting away. 
And I'm just like, dude, one day I'm going to find you and I'm going to fix you and I'm going to bring you back to life, mate. Don't you worry. I'm coming. Like, do you, know, you know what I mean? Because, again, these both these cars are on my rounds at work and I'm like, I have to walk past them every day. Do you know how yeah. painful it is to walk past the same Volkswagen Mark 1 just sat there wishing <laughs> it was dead? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and just for scale purposes, like, how big is the Isle of Wight? So you can probably drive around. It's like 60-something miles if you circumnavigated the island. It's like a, in a diamond shape um, or rhombus shape. Yeah. Maybe that's the right word. Um, but it's, you know, it's not that big. You could probably drive. You could probably drive anywhere within half an hour. Do you know what I mean? So I, that's crazy to me because I to even find like one car like that, especially a Volkswagen, I'd probably have to drive like an hour in any direction and oh, hope dude. that, I mean, they're just, I, I'm in, you know, Poplin's got them all on his farm over there in Western North Carolina. I'm yeah. over here in, in Eastern North Carolina. There's not, you'll occasionally see like an old Mark one rabbit pickup truck. That's like somebody's using as like a farm truck and really? it's probably, and it's probably been in the family since the eighties. Wow. But it's, it's, I had a guy I work with sent me some pictures what, a couple of weeks ago, actually. But that was like, he, he lives like 45 minutes from me. So that's probably the only one in this entire area. That's mad, isn't it? Like, it's yeah. really mad. I mean, there are Mark 1s, Mark 2s, Mark 3s over here on the island. But the majority of, of Volkswagens that you see are all like Mark 4 onwards, Mark 4, Mark 5, T5s, T6s, T... Yeah. The T25s, though, you do see a lot of those. They're pretty cool, which I think you guys call them Vanagons or something. Yep. Yep. Um, it's very, uh, it's a lot. There's a lot of Volkswagens, a lot of old classic vintage cars here. Um, because I get the impression that the Isle of Wight, where I live, not only is it like a tourist town, like we're close to the beaches and stuff and the little, you know, tourist spots, but there's, I get the impression that a lot of people that live in London, like the old people uh, that just, uh, they've, they're retired, they've got loads of money. And they just want to come and live somewhere and die. And so I think, <laughs> I know that sounds morbid. I, I know that sounds horrible and morbid. But the idea, I, I think, and it's not no secret, people that are of a certain ilk, <laughs> some people that are, you know, ready to die, they move to the Isle of Wight and pass away. Like, there's, there's not a lie. So the majority of people here are just old. And, and okay. with that, they bring their old vehicles, you know. So it's pretty interesting uh, yeah yeah but no let's go back to you <laughs> let's go back to you because um this is your episode and uh where to begin man <clears throat> i want to maybe we should start with the usual question and that's how did it all begin with you what's your what's yeah, your yeah. what's your beginning story like what's your founding story how did you get into how did you get into cars in general yeah so uh, grew up in like the eighties and, uh, I actually in, what was it like 1993, I think it was 93. Um, my family, we moved from a small town in West Virginia up to a town, uh, outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Mm. Um, I was, you know, growing up, I, I, my, my stepdad, he had like an old Plymouth Barracuda. I remember when I was like real little. Um, but he had to sell that because it was like a bunch of kids. There was four of us. I'm the oldest of four kids. 
Um, and like then my parents, you know, kind of struggled with money and whatever. But yeah, so we moved, we moved around a little bit. We ended up in the Pittsburgh area. And when I was 15 years old, I remember I had already, I had already been working for like six months. I had a job at like a, a fast food restaurant. I would ride the bus to work and like make money and stuff between in the summer after school or whatever. And uh, he came to me and he's like, Hey man, he's like, um, this guy I work with, his son bought this car, can't drive a stick, burn up the clutch, $100. It's yours. And you know, however much a new clutch costs. And I think a new clutch was like 80 bucks or something. So I think I had like, you know, I had like maybe four or $500 in my bank account. I'm like, heck yeah, man, a car. Right. Um, so I paid the money and he went and got a clutch and him and the guy he worked with, like went down to the guy's house, put the clutch in and he drove it home. And, uh, so in 1997, uh, I was 15 years old. I became the proud owner of a mahogany which is like basically like a dark maroon 1984 volkswagen rabbit l dude dude that's so cool yeah and Wait, so, okay. so sorry sorry to cut you off i no, have you're so good. many questions already so <laughs> many already hang on so it was a 1984 volkswagen rabbit yeah yeah so the funny thing is and i didn't know it at the time but a friend of mine's dad also had an 84 Rabbit L. His was like the tan, kind of tan a color uh, with the tan interior. And he ended up getting that car like six months later for him to drive. So we had like matching rabbits in high school. Dude. Um, yeah, I still have. It's funny. So I ended up, the, I mean, so the car was uh, like originally, you know, built at Westmoreland sold at a dealership that's long defunct over in Ohio. Uh, and so it spent all of its life in like, I'll say Cleveland, Ohio, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area. And for the the American listeners, they'll know that's like the rust belt. Yes. Uh, and so even when I got it in 1997, it already had a decent amount of rust in places, but I did what every 16 year old kid does and like tries to, you know, make it their own and, put a decent stereo in it and all this kind of stuff but uh mm. it it's uh it was it was a workhorse because like there was only like a few of my friends that had cars <coughs> so i remember piling in like there we'd pile like six people in that car you know people sitting on each other's laps and these kind of things <laughs> and we'd, we'd take it on ski trips um or we would you know drive up to lake erie um for the day or something But, um, yeah, I actually, I actually have, when I, I kept the car all the way through college, it, it did it, it basically did its job is that it, it, it it worked, it broke down on me a lot, but it worked and it got me through college. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, the brake lines went out, rusted through and went out in at one time when I was going down the highway. That was a fun episode. Jesus. Um, the uh the it, so one of the unique features it was the 1.7 liter carbureted motor yeah. um which i have learned in many years since it's a little rare most people got you know diesel or fuel injection um and the carb the original carburetor had been swapped out with like an old solex um carburetor off of like a beetle or something yeah and and so yeah i constantly was having to tune a carburetor to keep the thing idling right between like summer and winter and things like that. 
so this that's how I like ended up like kind of learning to work on cars. It's yeah. just like that kind of stuff, right? Because you have to. You're put yeah. in the spot. It's like the same with me with with when I had the caddy and then got the rabbit now. And it's like like when you own one of these things, as everybody knows, when a problem occurs, when a problem pops up, you've got to fix it there and then, especially if you're driving it every day like like I am. Yeah, um, exactly. And there's, I tell you what, there's a lot of people that I speak to, um, <laughs> including yourself, uh, that you guys have multiple vehicles. You've got a fleet. In, in a lot of people have fucking so many vehicles, man. And you've got to picture me with just this one. So if anything goes wrong, I've got to fucking fix it straight away. Do you know what I mean? So, oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, I've got my girlfriend's Nissan Micra. So if I ever really need to drive something else to work, I can. But I don't really want to. But I'm just saying, like, if a, if a like, like, say, for example, and we'll talk about the um, the rabbit that you've got now, but when a problem happens with that you can easily just go back to your daily and sort that issue out another time right oh yeah and i mean that's the way it was back then when i was younger right was i would be driving to work and the car would just like stall out on me and i'd pull off the road and i'd be in the rain on the side of the road like hood up trying to figure something out right yeah because i had to get i had to get to work in 30 minutes and, and things like that so yeah, absolutely. I've been. I I understand completely. <laughs> That's mad. So you had an eighty-four rabbit, and and the reason why this is very surprising for me is because obviously, as we know, the early Westies like built in 79, 80, 80 uh, rabbits, uh, and they did quite well in terms of Volkswagen sales. Like the amount of units sold in in eighty was like twenty something thousand units, and then. I believe 81 was like 33,000 units sold. And then 82 and 83, started, the sales started to plummet, right? Uh, according to Bobby Ullman, and if you, I'm sure you can Google it. It's on Wikipedia and stuff or whatever. But the sales with these rabbits started to decline towards 82, 3, and 4. So I was like, I think it's pretty rare to have an 84 rabbit, is it not? Uh, I don't know, to be honest. I, I wish it's the, so I'll, I'll say this. It's the only car I've ever sold and gotten rid of. Really? I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm a little bit of the weird car guy, you know, and I, I'm loyal and I put a lot of blood, sweat and tears or just, you know, feelings and emotions into things. Mm. And I, 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 they're a part of me. And so that's why I, en- I end up with a fleet, but yeah, <laughs> I ended up, I mean, in, in 2005, I graduated college, and I I sold the car um, to my neighbor at the time, who was a mechanic himself. He owned a, he owned actually two um, shops up there in Pennsylvania area, and so I sold the car to him. And I think he did fix up a little bit of rust on it, and then he sold it to some kid um, because for a number of years, I would, I would hear stories from like my younger sister's friends that they remembered they would still see the rabbit driving around. I, I have no idea. If, I'm sure by now it's long gone because it was, it did have a decent amount of rust on it, but, but I was going through, I was going through something like files or something a few years ago. And I realized that I had not included, I have the original window sticker for that car. And oh, wow. 
Yeah, so it's Volkswagen America, Final Assembly Point, Westmoreland. Like, I've got the the dealer's letter to, like, the, the lady who bought it on October 6th of 1983. So wow. I've got, like, all these, like, little cool pieces. And, you know, there is a part of me that would, I'd love to find it just to know whatever happened to it. But, mm. yeah, it was, it, was, it was pretty rusted out in 2005 even. Really? Well, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, I'm sure you're glad as well that it went to someone like your neighbor who you, you probably knew uh, and is a mechanic as well. Um, and it's really strange, isn't it? And um, I think uh, I was talking to Clint about this because I because he obviously were just to digress a little bit. We uh, we were talking about his mountain green truck and I said, would you ever want to see it again? And he said, not really, in his sort of like <laughs> Massachusetts, I don't know what accent you want to call that, but he would just be like, not really. Um, and I was like, why not? He's like, well, would you ever want to fucking see your ex, ex-girlfriend again? It's like, okay, that, that's a very good point. And it got me thinking, like basically he's saying like he wouldn't want to, you know, see his old truck again. Because I guess when you work on a vehicle and you own a vehicle for a certain amount of time, you become attached and you you have these emotions i know it sounds stupid to a lot of people but it's true you you give these vehicles entities and they become like your fucking best friend they become your property they become your everything right that's (laughs) right he was saying like you know they uh this truck was just so one of those things where it was it obviously must have been very it'd be it would be very difficult to see it again in person because it would it would give you those emotions of seeing your ex again right and yeah. so this speaks to me lately because the old red caddy that i had has now sold to a new owner i don't know if you know much of the story about what happened with the swap um, well i i saw that i saw a post of yours that you said it had gone to somebody new yeah. Um, yeah. So I swapped this my caddy for the rabbit pickup with a, a place called Nutjob, who do like all kinds of stuff with Volkswagens and that. But uh, he said he would literally swap, do the swap, and then try and sell my UK caddy on within six months. And I was like, okay, fair enough. And I got a, a message from some random dude uh, the other day saying, "Hey, I'm about to buy your UK." Uh, caddy, we well, didn't say that. I I say UK caddy, but <laughs> he says he's. I'm just about to buy your old caddy. Is there anything I should know about? And I was like, oh man, I feared this day because you're sort of reliving everything. You're sort of. I was t- listing off all the things I've had done to this truck, and I was like, fucking hell, this is going down memory memory lane. Yeah, all these emotions come flooding back. You're like, fuck, I spent so much money, time, and effort on this thing. <clears throat> and it's just like someone new is going to have it and i'm like in my head i'm like oh man i hope they don't mistreat it i hope they do the right thing i hope they don't fucking molest it and i hope they don't put awful wheels on it and yep all these things you think about in your head have you ever had obviously you said that's the only car you've ever sold did you did you have any of those feelings when you sold that that 84 rabbit of like oh i wish it i really hope it goes to a good home no, I mean, for that, not not at that time in my life, because I just wasn't, I mean, I was into cars back then, because, well, I was like 23 years old, probably 22 years old. 
Yeah. Um, I was into cars, but not, not nearly like I obviously have become over the years since. Yeah. And so it was, and I, I had already like gone and put money down to buy my R32. So I was going from, you know, in my mind, it was a real, the car did its job for me kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. But, but I can relate, you know, I, I think it would be awful to like, I say I want to see it, but yeah, if I were to like come across it in a junkyard and it's got like, I don't know, some it'd be spray, horrible. Spray, yeah, spray paint all over it, or like you know, as you said, like some awful wheels or like you know, stupid you know vents in the fenders or something, just dumb. Yeah. Like I would be like, really, this is what we befell you after I left you, you know? I know it's like it. We give it a personality. We give it a voice almost in our head. It's like. We give it a. Uh, it's hard to even think about, isn't it? Really, like a, a vehicle that you once owned, and you're like, it's now passing on. It's passing hands, and it's like, dude, I just, I just genuinely hope that someone treats it well, you know. And and this is something uh, that came up, and I wonder what thoughts, um, what if what thoughts that I've, I can't get my words out right now. <laughs> I want to know what feelings. You this, how do I say this? All right, I'm gonna say something now. I want I want to know your immediate thoughts. So, in the pod on the podcast, Nathan, the mechanical wizard, was on, and we were talking, and he said, he we were talking about what happens when you die, right? <clears throat> now this podcast has taken a very serious turn. I apologize, but <laughs> imagine this, and this is something I've never really thought of until Nathan fucking. T- <laughs> he's just evoked this emotion in me i was like i never thought about what happens to your vehicles when you die and i nearly had a meltdown live on the podcast i was like what the fuck man i don't want obviously for people that have families and children it's obvious you would just pass it down to them yeah. or someone that you know is going to take good care of it or whatever but it's like there's so much to talk about there because when you're dead you're dead you're worms meat you yep. are gone. Like you have no, I imagine you have no understanding of what's going. It's, it'll feel like how it'll feel exactly like when you weren't born. <laughs> do so, you know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, what would you do? What, so this, what are your thoughts? So this will probably paint the picture of the kind of person I am. Okay. But, go I, for it. but I mean, I, I, I have, a, I have a will. And uh, when my, my I have a five year old, almost five year old daughter, when when mm. she was like one years old, her mother and I, we, we did the whole legal, like write down the will just in case something were ever happened, mm. um, you know, and all that. And as part of that, I did go into what would happen with my vehicles because she my now ex-wife and my daughter, who's five, probably won't want these things. And they don't know anything about Volkswagens. And so I put in my will that like they are to be sold at auction and things like that. Like so that like she doesn't just like sell them on marketplace, Facebook marketplace for like a thousand dollars or something, not knowing Mm. what they are. Wow. That's incredible. So you've actually prepared for the situation. I hope we never have that situation. Of course, yeah. dude. Yeah, yeah. Of course. But, I mean, like, yeah, you, you never know. I mean, you go in a plane. I mean, planes crash. Uh, you know, car. there's car wrecks all the time. You just never know what's going to happen. So, Well, let's not think of that. But what I'm saying, 
is let's yeah. just say that if you died at a very, very old, old age, <laughs> like from oh. natural causes, right? I'm assuming you're still going to have the rabbit at like 90 something or whatever. <laughs> but, you know, I just wanted to to get your sort of thoughts on that whole I know for me it fucked me up, man. It fucked me up my with my head. Like, what happens to my vehicles when it die? When when I die? It, yeah. I just thought some people would just be like, just get it crushed, crush it, crush it along with me. Like, when the day that I have my uh, what is it cremation, I want you yeah. to fucking torch the truck as well. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? There's people that yeah, yeah. that think like that, and I don't know what I would do because I don't think we'll ever have children. I don't think we we discussed it we don't really want children and i don't know i don't i don't know who i would give the truck to you know i would i would hope that my vehicles go somewhere whether it's a you know whether it's someone who's you know i don't know buying it on bring a trailer type of thing that's like just gonna sit in his his collection i don't Mm. think that would be my cars but you know or like you know we can all dream it's gonna be like some you know, wide-eyed young kid that's going to have an appreciation for it and, like, want to fix it up or do whatever. That's probably mm-hmm. not reality, but may, another enthusiast or whatever, you know, I, I hope they would go to somebody that's going to appreciate them and not just end up, you know, mm-hmm. in, in a field rotting away or something like that. Yeah, I, I think now thinking about it, it would have to go to someone in the Mark One community, someone that I've become friends with through this community. I think it has yeah. to go. It has to stay within the community and someone. But the thing is, is if I die at a very old age, surely the person that I would want to have it is going to be at an old <laughs> age as well. So it's like I'll have to find some young buck that's come into the come into the Mark One community and be like, right, you, you get to have my truck when I die. <laughs> Feel privileged. So maybe that maybe that's like a process we've all got to go through. Is when we hit like sixty five, seventy, we've got to start identifying like some <laughs> some sixteen to eighteen year old kid at, at car shows. Yeah, so like with their head screwed on, like an yeah. old soul, and just be like, right, you, yeah, you are gonna have the keys to this. <laughs> that's right. Well, anyway, <laughs> let's go on a lighter note. Let's go back to you with how it all began. So you had this eighty four rabbit, and you had that for after you graduated. Yeah, yeah. So I had it all through high school and and through college. Basically, I, I took my driver's license test uh, and and drove that car. I learned to drive stick in that car, and I you know I grew up uh, the town I went I grew up in is stuff like forty five minutes outside of Pittsburgh on the uh, it's on the west side of Pittsburgh like Westmoreland's on the east side so the opposite side of Pittsburgh. Right. Um, but like, yeah, growing up, like there are rabbits all over that place. I remember being in high school and like looking through like auto magazines, like you would get at the grocery store, like on the shelves or whatever that had car ads in them for sale. Yeah. And like me and my buddy would drive and go look for like, we would go look at like, you know, rabbit GTIs for like $800 or a thousand dollars. But you know, they they would they would be rusty or messed up in some way or another. I probably should have still bought them back then, but oh man. Um, well, on on, can we just touch on that for a minute? Because uh, a GTI, they're very rare and expensive, aren't they? This is probably similar to here in the UK. I don't know, man. They're like they're they're more rare, obviously, than a than a standard rabbit. 
but mm. this, I think a lot of them ended up becoming over the years, especially becoming like SCCA race cars and things like that. But the models you see selling right now on certain, you know, bring a trailers or other car auction sites, they're not even that nice. And they're selling for 15, 20 grand almost. It's, wow. Now don't get me wrong. There are some really nice examples. Yeah, but I, but but like I think there was one that sold recent. I think even Haggerty, if you're familiar with Haggerty, like car insurance and and whatnot, right? Okay, I think, they, yeah. I think they even did an article about that Mark One GTI because you could see like paint defects and and issues with the car, and I think it still sold for something, something like sixteen grand or something. Wow, like it's just crazy to me. Like yeah. Um, they're very sought after, aren't they? I think a lot of people are after a GTI. I've, I've heard people say that, you know, if someone's selling one on Facebook Marketplace or somewhere like that, it's literally up for like half a day and then it's gone, sold. Like, do you know what yeah. I mean? It's like that. I mean, you can get them. Like, right, if I if I were to get on Facebook Marketplace right now, I know of three or four of them that are within four or five hours from me. But they're... Oh, right, okay. they're but but they're nothing they're not original at all that's the problem an original one is really rare these ones are like you know com- like the entire interiors have been gone long ago mm. um and they might only be a shell or something like that but technically they're a gti so you know maybe somebody wants it just because of that i don't know yeah um but yeah like to find a good i'll say original or even unmolested one is that's that's rare mm. you, i mean you see that I, I i don't know you know somebody maybe like bobby or clint you know those guys are like historic i love listening to them on your on your podcast because like they know i i feel weird even being on the podcast because like i grew up in the it was mark one and then i moved on for 15 years and then i just recently got back into mark one so you know, I, I know some of the history, but like those guys are and and Poplin and others are like encyclopedias. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, dude, there's there's a bunch of people that have come forward and said, just educated me. Like after listening to episodes and they've said, oh, actually, when you had this person on, they were talking about this. Uh, well, this is like the the um, this is what actually happened. And they've they've actually corrected some people. Um, so there are people out there that are sort of lurkers, I call them, that <laughs> don't really post up on Facebook, Instagram. They don't post about what they've got. They keep themselves to themselves, but they're very, very knowledgeable and don't, they don't actually want to come on the podcast. They just every now and then offer like some actual facts and back it up with evidence as well. But it's such a shame because there are some brilliant minds out there. Some really cool people that just choose to stay in the shadows. But it's <laughs> like, I just wish everybody... Well, again, this is what our, the podcast is all about, really, is getting this history out there and getting people's stories out there so that they can live on. Do you know what I mean? There's going to be oh, a yeah, new yeah. generation eventually. And I hope all this history about these rabbits and stuff, the Volkswagens, I hope they all live on so that people continue to tell these stories, continue to tell the history and, oh, did you know in yada, 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 this happened? I would love that, you know, and I, I just wish that people that had all the knowledge 
that other people didn't know. I wish they would come forward and just spread it. Just don't let it die with you. We're talking a lot about death. I feel that we need to brighten up the episode. (laughs) (laughs) But no, dude, you absolutely have a place on the podcast. Don't even think for a second that you don't like belong here or think you're, you know, you don't deserve or whatever it is you said. You, you absolutely do. You are a Volkswagen owner. And we'll talk about your little your little car in just a minute. But like you have every right to be here. You're an owner. I'm sure you have some stories to tell about it. You definitely helped me out. So I feel like it is only right to have you on to tilt the microphone towards you and allow you to have this space to to talk shit about (laughs) stuff you've gone through man this is what it's all about just telling people or telling me having a voice you know i appreciate that honestly if you have any stories about you know well first of all as you probably know already and if you listen to the podcast you know i enjoy a good like a origin story i love yeah. a good story about like say for example you've got that rabbit uh the, the rabbit car the hatch right yeah and i'm sure well i love listening to how people got it like do you remember when i did the interview with bobby and he told the story of how he drove like 864 miles up to go and get it and then he drove back and this happened and the belt snapped and all this stuff he can recite the whole day and it's was just so gripping and I love I love hearing all that. You know, oh, what I mean? yeah, I, I, I can I could almost probably tell that story because, it, it, as you said, it's very gripping. Yeah. It is, yeah. Yeah. There's. um Yeah. I, the, the those I, it's funny because, you know, a normal car person, they just go buy a car at a car dealership or yeah. you know, so, some random person's house that they saw you know for sale <clears> sign and. And then there's like the people like us, uh, whether it's Volkswagens or, or whatever else, you know, you know, it's like you're and nowadays it's a lot easier with like, you know, all this stuff on the Internet. But you're like searching or looking, you're looking for that needle in the haystack, whether it's the, mm. the good deal or the car, that specific car model you want. Everyone's looking for something. So, yeah, because that, that is for me, both both my rabbit and my truck um, were both me like just searching and searching and searching until boom, I found it. And then as soon, as soon as I saw both of them, like I knew like those were going to be mine. Oh dude, that's right. I almost forgot that you have um, the red early Westie truck sat with James Cooper rider. Yes, dude. Like, can we touch on that first? Is that yeah, easier to, to talk yeah. about first? Because I imagine the story and everything behind your 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 silver rabbit. Is it silver or is it green? Is it a green it, silver? It is, it's like a green silver. Yeah, it's a Nari silver. And, that's and, right. Yeah. Nari silver. I've seen. Is it Cordell that's got yeah. that same car? Yeah, color? he has the exact same. Mo- his is immaculate. It's beautiful. His His is like all original, man. It is like, you know, just beautiful. Yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about that in great detail. But maybe tell us about the the rabbit, uh, the truck first. Okay, how did that come to be, and how is that? Did that start your sort of friendship with uh, with James? Yeah, yeah. So like like tons of people in the Mark One community. So I'll say this first: is you know I was in I was into Mark Ones back in the day um, with VW Vortex back in the early 2000s. 
And then, you know, I left the Mark ones and I, I got into my, my R32, my Corrado. And I, I was in that sphere for 15 years. There are a lot of good people in those, in those, you know, communities, especially the Corrado community. Cause it's very tight knit also a lot of good people. Um, but as soon as I got back into a Mark one, it's crazy. Like everyone is like a thousand times more friendly and again, that's not a knock on any of those other people, but like the Mark one community is just, it's just crazy. And so I, I obviously, I had my rabbit and we can talk about that later, but mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, I had, I think I had almost finished up my rabbit, like as far as like getting it to drive and whatnot. So it was kind of ticking things off the list on that project that just were somewhat minor, I guess. And I was probably like most car people, I was just bored, probably at work or something. You know, a lot of times I, I, I sit in meetings a ton at work. So I'll sit in meetings and I'll be, I shouldn't say this, but I'll be on like my phone, like looking at marketplace or something for, you know, what's for sale and stuff. <laughs> cool. But, um, but yeah, I, um, I was looking and I see this, it's a, you know, a 1980 red pickup truck, rabbit truck. It was in Indiana, so it's well, it's a long way from me, probably ten or twelve hours drive. Um, the it was it was in pieces, like the owner had put it put it up for sale. It was completely like stripped down, almost like the engine was out. There were bins of parts, all this kind of stuff. It had a topper on the back, and what struck me originally was it looked. Like there was no rust. It looked very clean. It's a beautiful, beautiful looking truck. It really yeah. is. And, and so it's the Tabasco red with the lipstick red interior. And I was like, oh man, you know, and, and I'd already seen Poplin and his love of lipstick. So, you know, I, I was aware of, of how good that looks anyway. And, uh, and so I messaged the guy and like, he, he had decided to quit work during, during the COVID, the pandemic, he was, he had become a stay at home dad. Um, it was a project he had started before and like, he lost interest in it or, or just needed the money, whatever. And, uh, and he, he was like, yeah, it's up for sale. And he, he was going to put a 1.8 T, uh, motor in it. Um, I wasn't interested in that. I, I wanted to have a diesel in it. And I think he still had, yeah, he had the original or he had a 1.6 diesel that he would throw in with the deal. And so I said, yeah, let's do that. And I said, and I, and so I told him, I said, now I live really far away. I said, let me, I, and so I started, you know, I, I started brainstorming of what can I do to get this car? Um, because I, yeah, I, I actually, I know a guy here, he owns his own like flatbed towing truck. So I knew that like worst case I could pay him some money and we could like go up there and get it. But I had, I think I had talked to James, you know, again, like a lot of people in the Mark one community through, through Instagram, a, a message here or a message there about something. And so I just randomly reached out to him because I knew roughly where he lived. And I knew he was up in Ohio somewhere. And I was like, Hey man, I know you got a shop. I know this place is like a couple hours from you. Would you mind picking it up for me and storing it at your stop? And I was like, if you just get it, I'll pay, I'll pay you money. You know, obviously it's your time and gas and all that stuff. 
I was like, you get it for me, get it in your shop, and then we'll assess whether you want to do some work on it for me or, or whatever. And to his credit, he was all about it. He was like, hell yeah, man. He's like, yeah. So he, he ran over there with his, his truck and trailer and snagged it for me uh, for really cheap, honestly. Um, and then, yeah, and then so I bought, I think that was August, September of last year. Mm. Um, so it's not been that long, but it's been a little, you know, it's been, eh, what is that? Six, eight months, something like that. So I, I've got the truck. It's at James's shop in Ohio. I have not physically seen it in person yet. Um, but which is remarkable by the way, (laughs) (laughs) if it was me, dude, I would be fucking there the next day. If it was like the next day off I got from work, I would be like, right, let's go road trip. Let's go. (laughs) That would be, yeah. Yeah. Well, my, my plan is all along was, uh, once, once we got it back to, or once he got it back there, he was like looking at everything. He's like, man, this is like super clean. Everything's here. There was a few little things like the original lipstick dash the like uh, some previous 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 owner or something had like ripped all the red vinyl off of it because they uh. were going they were going to restore it um but i ended up finding a replacement lipstick dash um and a few other things but so there was some little things like that that but yeah james started working through it he threw the the 1.6 diesel motor in it and it it had a lot of problems. Like the motor wasn't, there was some issues with it and I am not a diesel guy. So it's actually kind of been kind of nice for James to work on it since he uh, is much more knowledgeable in that arena than me. He's a great guy. Like obviously we had oh, him yeah. on the podcast. He's such a, such a nice guy and such a great guy to talk to. And obviously you must've seen, he's a youtuber so you must have seen his videos i mean your truck is sort of like lingering in the background every oh now yeah and then. <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> yeah so the so the long story short is like the plan has been all along that i'll uh, he'll get it running for me and then eventually i'll fly up there and drive it home wow, um yeah. and, and we decided after a lot of back and forth on things you know like we came to like the decision um, a, 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 um, a later model TDI swap kind of fell into my lap. So we're going to, where he's swapping in, um, a, was it was an AHU. It's like a Mark three TDI, um, turbo diesel. So it'll, it, it'll have a little more power and oomph to it. And, uh, and so once, once that's all done, I'll fly up, hang out with him for a bit and drive the truck home. So. Wow, man. So hang on, just so I've got this clear, you're currently building a four space garage in your on your property, right? Yes. And so, okay, let me just let me just picture this. You've got the eight, you've got the rabbit hatchback. You've got this. Eventually, you'll have the the early Westie. Uh, what what color was it? Sorry, you said the Tabasco red. Tabasco red. I because there's a there's another red, uh, royal red, but that was a late westy color i believe correct royal i think the the tabasco like mountain green was a one year one year only i think yeah i i think so yeah so okay you've got the early westy you've got the um the rabbit hatchback you've got your r32 uh you've got your corrado still yep so that's four am i missing anything else 
Nope, that's everything. Well, All I right, mean, I've so got my, I've, I've got a, I've got like a an SUV, like nothing special, like daily driver. <laughs> so you'll have five vehicles eventually. Yep. Hopefully, Dude. that'll be that'll be enough. I'm not jealous <laughs> at all. It's totally fine. Uh, <laughs> but no, that's amazing. Congratulations. And you'll have an early Westy pick. Have you had a, a pickup truck before? I guess not. Like no, a, I did not. Or anything. I, I never had one. and But I, I also, yeah, like I'm com- more or less, as you put it, I'm completing my collection, right? Like there's very few other Volkswagen makes models that I would probably be yearning to add to that mix like those four are like rock solid for me dude absolutely absolutely it does sound like a dream fleet already uh which is great and you'll have the fucking force four space garage to to house them all that's amazing so dude (laughs) where do we begin with the the (laughs) the hatchback like what okay what is it called anari silver you say yeah, so it's a so the story with it was it was so COVID happened, right? Right. Okay. So the the world shuts down now. I, so just for my background, like I, my schooling is in chemical engineering. Like it probably explains why I tinker and build things. Like I'm an engineer at heart. Like math and science and take things apart, build them. I was I've been doing that since I was like five years old. Amazing. Um, but um, five years old. Yeah, yeah, like my, my grandfather was an engineer also. And, and like, I remember like just tinkering with things, taking things apart, clocks, you know, whatever. Like him and my grandmother would buy antiques and refinish them. But there, sometimes he would buy like old clocks or other things. And like sometimes he would just like, and we go to yard sales and he would just buy like an old alarm clock and then give it to me and let me take it apart and like try to see how it worked, quote unquote, you know. But wow. and, and so like when I was, uh, so COVID happened. Uh, I work in manufacturing. So like life goes on, like, you know, all these, all these people are like staying at home, like, and we're pretty much like still working normal, Yeah. but still life is very different. Right. Of course. Um, Yeah. And and so I started, I had, you know, at that time I only had the, I say I only had, I had the R32, I had the Corrado. Um, and I, I got first, I don't know. I really don't know why, but I got the itch for like a Mark one again, like a Mark one rabbit project. And I think what happened was I, again, I was on marketplace just perusing and there was one for sale about 30 minutes from my house. It was an 83, nothing special, just an 83 like rabbit. Right. Um, but it was, I think the guy only wanted like $750 for it. Fuck me. Uh, and so like <laughs> I messaged him like right away and he was like, Oh, it's, it's gone. It sold yesterday. And I'm like, crap. But like that moment, like it was like, okay, let's just keep looking. And so I, st- I kept looking for several months and I would look all, and I ended up, you know, extending my search and just looking all over the U S. And so one day I'm looking in this and an uh, uh, advertisement, whatever you call it, a, a posting shows up. It was in San Antonio, Texas. And it was this, you know, 1978, you know, champagne edition, a Nari Silver Rabbit. Um, it was originally a California car, still has the original California license plate. Amazing. Still, has, still had the license plate frame. Hold from- on, sorry. I, I hate to butt in. Hold on, because 
I okay, hear me out. Yeah, As you know, my truck's from California, and when obviously when it came over to the UK, it didn't have the light. The license plates, I guess, were taken off. I don't know. Okay, but I started to look in and research. I was asking a few people about license plates. And a lot of the people were messaging back saying, well, the thing is with license plates in the U.S. is that they stay with the the owner. They stay with the driver. Like those plates, when you sell a vehicle, you keep the plates and you put them on your next vehicle. Is that right? Am I get, Or is someone chatting shit to me? It depends on the state. Right. Okay. Every, yeah, every, yeah, this is why the U.S. is very confusing for anyone outside of it. Every <laughs> state has different laws and regulations about that kind of stuff. The same reason why some states require like a front license plate and a rear and others yeah. don't. Yeah, yeah. It, gets, it gets very complicated. No, it's fine. Like obviously that has come up in the in the previous podcast and stuff like that. And people message me and say, it's mostly Trevor Adams. Shout out to Berg Lifey. He's just like saying, because he, he loves the idea that I'm in the UK. I get the impression he loves my fucking accent. <laughs> And I, we chat back and forth and chat shit to each other saying, you pronounce this word wrong and I pronounce that <laughs> word right. And it's all fun and games. But we often uh, have really interesting conversations about the differences between not only the UK and the US, but, but the states within the US. Like oh, you yeah. just said, like some states you have to have a license plate on the front, some you don't. Um, but yeah, you're saying that in certain states you have to keep your license plate right so- yeah i i don't i've lived in i've lived in quite a few states in the us yeah um i don't know what california's rules are i believe that the plates are supposed to stay with the person i, I don't and then they would transfer to the next car i, I don't know for sure but this though. one this one had the plates on it still. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, it had the rear license plate uh, with the – it was last registered and on the road in like – I think it's 2007. So it, it really wasn't that long ago. It, it, it had done a, a nice life of, yeah. uh, of, of running around California. Um, the guy who bought it, he was, he was a, a Marine. He was stationed out in San Diego area. And he bought it, and he he brought it back to San Antonio with him, again with grandiose plans of fixing it up and all this stuff. Parked it in his backyard. I think he had a few other Volkswagens. He was a Volkswagen guy, I think. And um, and it just sat since what 2007, 2008 or something. Wow. And so and so when I saw it, I, I messaged him and. It was in decent shape. The weather, you know, it's got some, I'll say, rust and patina on the roof and especially the rear hatch. It had a spot below the glass that rusted out. Um, but by by and large, it it was a California car. It had not seen salt roads or anything like that. So mm-hmm. floor the floorboards were immaculate, um, other than one spot where a double A battery. I found a double A battery that had like corroded and the acid had like eaten a hole through the floor. Jesus, man. I've not heard that before. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, yeah, that's interesting. But, um, but other than that, that car was like clean. Uh, It's got, it's got a lot of surface like rust or patina in some places. The, the um, window seals are all dry rotted out and things like that. 
but yeah, so I, I see this car and the, the green color with the green interior, which was again, like that's, I, I didn't know then that it was like special. Like it was like, you know, a, a, the champagne edition twos or whatever in 1978. And that's what I love about Volkswagen back then. Volkswagen did all these like awesome little campaigns, right. With their cars. Like yes. there's all these special manufacturers don't do that crap anymore. It's like, you can buy a white car, a gray car, a black car, maybe a red car, or a blue car. Um, and that's about it. They, they mm. make a lot of different models, but like nothing's really fun. Um, so, it's yeah. In, so It's interesting, isn't it? Because I don't know if you must be aware of Captain Morgan, uh, the godfather of... I have heard the stories of... I remember even somewhere back in time... Even maybe when I wasn't in the Mark One world so much, like you know, stuff on Vortex with him or whatever. Yes, that's right. Because he would often post like blog posts and stuff on Vortex. And here's me talking like I was fucking on Vortex and I was like in the, in that era. I wasn't. I I don't even pretend to be like I'm a guy from VW Vortex. I just know <laughs> from talking to so many different people on and off the podcast. You got to remember, I live and breathe Volkswagen Mark Ones now. Like every day, all day long, I am. I, I, I'm going off topic. Anyway, what I was saying was Captain Morgan. He often I've read posts and stuff. I've read things that he said, and he said that way back in the day when he was at Westmoreland, that these silver, Anari silver, is it Anari silver or just Anari? It's a yeah. It's the German is like Anari Silber. It's like one long word. Silber with a B. Yeah, because I think that's German for silver. Oh, I guess right. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Well, anyway, the thing the the comment that he often heard was that people would refer these refer to these rabbits as being silver, but he was like, actually, no, they're green. They're green oh, silver. Yes. And there's like a big sort of like. Well, I don't know if it's a big discussion, but. He w- I remember hearing him say that people would often get it wrong. It's an Anari silver, which is like green metallic color, which is like, was that very rare to have back in the day, like a, a metallic color? So I think it's very 1970s, right? Like that's a color that even other auto manufacturers probably had something similar a lot some like i think um i think porsche used that color even into the early 80s on a couple models like 924s or something i don't remember right um but it's very era specific i think for volkswagens there's a lot of i think there was a lot of 79 diesels in that color Mm. Um, but in 78 my understanding is only the champagne editions came in that color now what does champagne edition actually mean uh pretty much it was that color with a all green interior um and so like you know the dash the the knee bar everything's green uh i have like the old pamphlets or whatever that you know advertisements and according to that well actually they also came in like a metallic brown uh color also you could get them in either the green or the metallic brown but they were like the deluxe models, right? They were like, pl- you know, plusher carpet, things like that. Mm. But I think it was just a selling point more than anything, you know, mm-hmm. like, like everything else back then, it was like, you know, they would offer different 
models or things, just as selling points. Wow. And so forgive me if this is wrong. Is yours a 78 rabbit, did you say? Yes, 78. So Would it was, that make a German-built rabbit? Yeah, yeah. So it was German-built completely. Right. Maybe we should edu- – can you? Can we take some time out now just to quickly educate people? Because, again, I say this all the time, but there's a lot of the audience that might be from the UK who have no idea what a fucking rabbit is, like let alone <laughs> all the different models and different years and different this, that, and the others. So can we just take them a, a moment just to sort of, you know, put it out there that obviously Germany, to my understanding as well, and please do correct me if I'm bullshitting, or if I'm getting things wrong, but my understanding is that Germany, one or Volkswagen wanted to break into the American market, right? So they thought, okay, let's send, let's let's open a plant over there in America, in Pennsylvania, unless it's going to be in Westmoreland, right? And so what they did was they bought a building from, oh fuck, who was it? Chrysler. Chrysler, Chrysler? right? Right. I, I- or Chrysler was involved at some point, yes. Yes. And obviously, with this factory being pretty new, right? So it had no floors. It was just dirt in this in this assembly plant. And, um, you know, it created a lot of jobs, a lot of jobs. And, you know, there was no lighting in there except from, like, construction lighting. And they would literally, the Germans would go over there, set it all up, employ people like Morgan to go over and be a supervisor and you know basically be a big hand in this whole operation and to my understanding is that they would i guess to test the waters they would send over these um is it ckds the complete knockdown vehicles again i don't know how much you know about it i don't know if i'm talking shit uh but they would send over these big crates and boxes of these car parts and they would be assembled there uh, and they were all white with like, I think it was a brown stripe down the side of these complete knockdowns or, or medium knockdowns or, or something mid knockdowns. Maybe I'm getting the name wrong, but anyway, there were like a, was a few hundred vehicles. I don't know. Um, yeah. I've, I've heard similar stories. I, I don't know the history that well, but yeah, it would make sense from a, just a manufacturing perspective. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure BMW did the same thing when they first opened their Spartanburg plant down in South Carolina, whenever they did that, is that like they sent over like basically all the parts to cars and then say, okay, now you guys need to learn how to do this. Go do it. Mm, That's it. So they send over these crates and there were no conveyor belts in those days. Like you could, you could, you could open the doors to the factory or or to the, the plant and whatever. And you would just see, I guess a, a team of like six to 20 people all carrying in these car parts from crates outside into the plant and all just putting them all together. And whilst they were probably still fixing up Westmoreland plant, like, you know what I mean? Like in one corner, you probably got someone filling in concrete holes and stuff. And then you've got a guy right next to him, like working on a rabbit and stuff like that. And it's like, I imagine it was sort of loose back in the day, but, I imagine as well that they were building these or putting these German uh, parts together. And then eventually they were like, okay, how can we appeal to the American market? Like, okay, we're going to need certain things. Like I guess the side markers were a thing. 
you know, I, maybe there was like a headlight thing, obviously, because obviously in the Euro, they had the circle headlight. I don't know when that conversation happened. I don't know. Probably, I mean, most of that, I would, I mean, again, I, from my own work, I know how some of this stuff works today mm. is that like, I'm guessing a lot of that stuff was probably being discussed in like 78, 79. Like yeah. they, they knew they were going to have to, because of department of transportation in the U S like regulations, they yeah. were going to have to change certain things, whatever. Yeah. Uh, now I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall when they had discussions more about like changing all the interiors to like the late Westies to like the, padded dashes and yeah they, they just made them like i mean yeah that's like the early westy the german like the old interiors to me are just like so much better than those like yeah they're just like rubbery padded dashes i don't, I don't know how to describe them anymore well i've never really experienced a late west oh, i've never got to sometime I've seen photos. Obviously, there's plenty of people sending me photos and stuff all the time. I see it all over my Instagram. It's amazing. But I really have never been inside another American Volkswagen, really. Do you know what I mean? I, oh, I yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I have. But so, yeah, you have the 78 Rabbit, which is German built. So that would have been after the CKDs. I, maybe I'm getting that name wrong. Again, we just use it. You know, uh, it, it probably would have been before that. Really? Yeah, because I think uh, I th it was built. The build date on it is like May of 1978, I think. Yeah. But so I think the CKDs were like 76 or 77. Oh, uh, OK. Then I, I could know. be wrong. I could be wrong. I thought they were like 78, 79, like late 78, early 79. I could be wrong. Oh, no, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm getting my facts wrong. Maybe if someone out there listening knows more about this like clint uh mike reed captain morgan if you're listening <laughs> <laughs> i definitely don't i don't know that piece of history that well so i could be just i'm just ba thinking of like the timeline of them eventually producing 79 models you know mm. out of westmoreland so i would think that it would have been late but i maybe it was Maybe it was, yeah. So, I mean, they were obviously importing the German because I mean, they were even importing the diesels in 79, right? Right. Yeah. Well, so, even I mean, all the parts, man, even for the early Westies, like all the parts were coming from different places. Like I, on my wheels, my engine block, it says Brazil. Like there's a lot of places from Canada, uh, a lot of parts from Canada, yeah. a lot of place, uh, parts from. And they would all come, and I guess Westmoreland was a, more of an assembly plant at that time, as in, you know, they would just put things together. Whereas I think, again, correct me if I'm wrong, peeps, but I'm pretty sure eventually they would just start to stamp out their own metal, and they, they started to really build their own stuff a little bit later on. Again, might be getting that wrong. I'm just going by what people have told me. But uh, you've got the 78 Rabbit which is very cool, round headlights, right? Which yeah, would have yeah. been right way before the 1980 early Westie. So do you know much about the um, this this hatch that you've got? Like, Have you dove into the history and, and, and you know, what makes this vehicle so special? And have you done all that? Well, I, I've dug in enough just on it. It's uh, like, I know that, like, like I said, this guy bought it and then he held on to a while. I, it, it, it changed hands a few times in 
California, but pretty much stayed in like the San Diego area its whole life. Um, as I was saying, like, I've got like, I've got the dealer, the deal, it's like a plastic dealer license plate frame from the original Volkswagen dealership that sold it in 1978. There's a, you know, I've got like the warranty book with the original owners names and stuff in it. So I've got a, a decent amount of just cool little history things. That is cool. Um, but yeah, it it's uh, unfortunately it, it did languish a bit there. I wish I could have, you know, if, if there was a time machine, I'd go back in time and try to buy it from the guy 10 years earlier when it was probably in much better shape right. because the, the interior sitting in San Antonio, kind of partly under a tree, partly in the sun, the, like the front seats just got destroyed. Um, the back seats, the fabric is, you know, that it had like this like green plush velour seat, you know, seats in there. Yeah. And I would have, I would just love to like, just feel what that was like, but um, yeah, it's just, it's destroyed. And is it an L model you say? It is an L it's the, so it's like at that time that was like the highest model. The highest. So let's go just uh, again, let's just brush over this real quick. So you had the um, LS or, or when did, I don't know when these models came about. I don't know if it was from the beginning. I don't know if certain. Yeah. So mm-hmm. in the, in the early days, the pre Westie days, there was like the rabbit base model is my understanding was it was just like rabbit. And yeah. then there was like the C. Um, is there something else? Then there was the L. No. Well, C stands for custom, right? Yeah. There's custom, deluxe, and what's the other one? I'm blanking. L. So these. Okay. I know. I think I know all the models. You got L, the base L, LS, LX, and the C model. I believe that's it, isn't it? Well, the LS didn't come about till later, is my understanding. Right. Right. But you got yeah. the L, and that was that at the time in '78. That's the highest sort of uh, model, right? Did they call it trim level? I, I yeah, that's yeah, term. yeah, that's right. It's the trim level. That's what I was trying to dig out. I've got like an old brochure that would tell me, because okay. then they then later because my '84 Rabbit was also an L, but that was not the highest trim level. That was like the what middle or whatever. Right. Interesting. So you find this on Facebook Marketplace, you say? Yeah. So like, again, it's like one evening, I'm just like bored looking around. I see it and I see the color. I see the green. I see the green interior. And it it just, it spoke to me. It was like so 1970s. It was perfect. And it didn't, it didn't have an an engine in it. Um, The guy had pulled the engine years before. And the, the whole reason I wanted a rabbit was I, I was the plan was from the get go. I want to find one and I want to put a VR six motor in it. Um, even back when I was like, you know, in, in the early two thousands, most people were swapping like 1.8 T's in them or things like that. Um, I, you know, I, I wanted a swapped rabbit and then I'm just, you know, with the Corrado and the R32, I'm very used to the R or the VR six motor. So it made sense to kind of stick with what I knew. Mm. so so i got the car you know no motor no transmission basically the interior and the body and uh you know the guy was super you know i'd never bought a car like that before like you know across the internet that was at thousands of miles whatever 
And um, the guy was like super helpful, super nice. You know, I was probably weird because I kept asking him like, I need you to send me like a picture of that. I need you to like, you know, <laughs> I, I I didn't want to be scammed. Right. Like, mm. you know? Or, or just have like, or, or like I get the car and like the title is bad or something like that. Oh, so you were asking for specific photos of something so that you knew it wasn't a scam. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I, I'm, I, maybe I'm just like, I, I don't trust people very much. Dude, that's such a good idea though. <laughs> that, no, honestly, it's such a good idea. If, if you are sort of like, if you're worried or if you feel like uh, this person is like a sketchy character, if you think, I need some reassurance here. Um, can you send me a photo of the fuel pump right now with your hand in a certain position? Yeah, exactly. Like, I often think about that. Like, obviously, <laughs> it's, it's like, uh, I think about it like this has never happened, by the way. But, like, if my girlfriend was to say, where are you right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ne- she's not like that. I'm just using this as an example. Like, if my if my girlfriend ever thought, like, I was you know playing away or whatever like i i could sort of like give her proof by saying okay ask me to take a photo of something specific of where i am right now and i will like like we're just saying i could say right uh i'll send you a photo of me hopping on one leg with uh a peace signs on my eyes like or something do you know what i mean so yeah, for you to say, send me a specific photo of this, uh, without even telling the guy. Like, I'm just checking to make sure you're not a fucking scam artist. That's such a good idea, dude. So you you know, like all those shows that are like, you know, the what was it like, the catfish shows or whatever. Mm. So I used to always laugh. Like my ex wife, she would like watch. She always watched like reality TV, and I would watch those shows. And I'm like, dude, these guys are idiots. Just tell the girl to send you a picture of them holding like a wooden spoon and if they can't do that like (laughs) if they can't do that in like five seconds they're fake like it's 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 that it's that easy so true (laughs) that's but uh, but people people want to believe what they want to believe but yeah yeah so so you got the guy the guy was like he's not a scammer so yeah he, he was like super super helpful um he you know i i i ended up contacting a a free uh you know a, a auto movement moving company or whatever got a couple quotes ended up getting a company to to drive there he was very helpful like being in contact with them he he got the car out of his back he had like a big fenced in kind of backyard Mm. um like like chain link high fence and like he brought it out there was like an alley behind it he got it out and moved it down the street pushed it down the street was sending me pictures and videos the whole time and loaded it up on a truck and uh in i guess it was like june june of 2020 it like showed up at my house wow that's amazing and and it was it was yeah it it was a mess from sitting for what 13 14 years whatever that was 13 years but it, it, it mostly just needed cleaned up a lot talk me through it mate talk me through what was going through your head at the time you're so you you're at home i imagine yeah it was it was like a late in an evening i I think it was like a tuesday night the truck Mm. i was like one of the last deliveries as he was coming from west to east in the u.s uh and so i think there was like one other car up there on the thing and he pulls up and 
you know, we roll it down into the street and it's just, it's filthy. It's just dirty. Right. But, but you could see the green, the green color is beautiful. The paint actually looked pretty good underneath it all. Um, and the inside, like I said, was dirty. There was just stuff in there, trash, um, wow. etc. But like, yeah. So like, I think I pushed it into my garage. It was home. And then I think the following week or maybe later that week, I took a day off work and I pressure washed it and like started like cleaning it up. That and must like, have been satisfying. Oh yeah. I mean, it's like those, you know, those videos, like somebody pressure washing, you're like, literally you can see the, you know, the massive amounts of dirt just going away. So it's, it's pretty nice. Mm, yeah. Um, but it's been a lot of work because like I, I knew going into it, I was going to pretty much replace or repair almost everything on the car other than the interior. I wanted to mostly leave it original as much as original as possible as I could. Um, do you, do you love this car? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, beyond the, beyond the amount of money I've spent on it, the amount of time I've spent on it. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. Like I, I, I've only, and that's, the, I've only driven it like, 10 times maybe really yeah because like it really i had i had it took a long time like uh, over time you know a little bit of money here a little bit of money there whatever for something um but i think the longest drive i had in it was like a couple weeks ago i took it out and drove it uh, a couple miles you know not nothing crazy like a big drive like i haven't driven like hours away or anything yeah um but the the and then I and then I started working on replacing the windshield. Uh, the the seal around the windshield was the most dry rotted. It was That's the, like right, dude. It was, was just terrible. Your, I was watching your Instagram stories and stuff. Yeah. So okay, you you replaced that, and I saw it started to crack when you were were you taking it out. Yeah, I broke it, which I, I've seen like I've got I've gotten a lot of messages from people that say, you know, it's almost like a 50 50 kind of flip of the coin thing. A lot of times the old those old windshields will break. I, I don't know how much truth there is to that. But yeah, I, I was doing everything I could to not break. I, I spent like an hour and a half cutting tiny little pieces of like because it was like the rubber was like just hardened into basically blocks of plastic. Wow. And so like, because it was just so old and, and, and messed up, but mm. yeah, in hindsight, there's like a couple things I could have probably done even, uh, even more safe or a little slower, but yeah, long story, the windshield cracked. And so I got the windshield out. I got a replacement windshield. I've got the replacement windshield ready to go into the car. I just, I need to get the time and a couple guys to come over and help me uh, put it in. I would be exactly the same, man. I would be like, if I crack this new one and I'm on my own, there's no one else to blame. <laughs> there's no, That's right. Like, I need help. I want this to go smoothly. But, wow. So, when you, going back to when it showed up at your house, did you sort of, did you fall in love with it straight away? Or was it like one of these things where it's like, okay, uh, a lot of love and <laughs> a lot of uh, effort has got to go into this. Did you know that at the very beginning? Did you... Or was it like, man, this is amazing. I can't believe I've got one. And 
what what was going I, through your head at the time? I, I think I was in, like I said, I think I was in love with it from the very beginning. The moment I saw it, I was in love with it. Uh, I remember like, again, my, my, uh, my wife at the time, she's not a car person at all. And she, I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to buy this. And she looked at it and she's like, I really actually, and she made a comment about like really liking the color and like that just for her to even say something like that. I was like, Oh yeah, this is like, you know, it, that's, that's, that's more than nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah. And so I remember like once I bought it and it was like on its way here, I was like doing all this research about, you know, what was the champagne edition, like trying to understand, learn about them more. Mm, yeah. um, and, and then, yeah, when you get it, yeah, of course there's those moments. Um, I'm trying to think, you know, there, there's those moments of just like being frustrated with like trying to do something, but to be honest, like working on the rabbit, is way easier than working on like my Corrado or something else. Um, and why is that? Because I've speak, spoken to a lot of people in the past about, you know, what's the difference between working on a modern car or a older car, like a 30 or 40 year old car? Is it harder? Is it easier? Like, I, what are your thoughts? I, I think the Mark 1 and probably Mark 2s are the same way. I, I would guess is they're just so much simpler there's just not that much to them. Like Mm. you can like, I mean, like I had the thing, I I pressure washed it. I moved it in the garage and I I put it in because I have a garage attached to my house. It's like a, it's like a deep two car garage and I fit three cars in there by turning one sideways and putting it at the back of the garage. Sure. And, and so I, I, I put the rabbit on like wheel dollies and made it back there at the back and I put it up on jack stands and I just started tearing everything off of it. And with a rabbit, there's just not that much to it. Yeah. Like you can have the wheels and the suspension, you can have everything out of it in like a couple. Of, and of course, I, I didn't have an engine or a transmission in it to start with, but I had like everything off of the thing in like, you know, a couple hours. Mm. And then like over the next few months, like I ripped the whole interior out. And, and basically got it down to almost just a complete shell, you know, with like some interior stuff left in it. Um, but that's yeah, cool, it's, it's just simple. You can you, like obviously having that um, a, ability to just rip apart a vehicle and have like another daily to drive you around. Like that is such an amazing luxury to have for a start. But just to be able to do that and start from fresh is amazing. I would, by all means, like when I got this mountain green truck, I would have loved to be like, you know what? I'm not going to start driving it yet. I'm going to fucking rip this whole thing apart and learn the guts and the bones of this thing properly. And I'm going to, I'm going to start putting it back together my way with fresh parts. And then I will enjoy it. Like, I would love to do that. So being in that position must have been super, like, handy and, like, convenient, right? Oh, oh, yeah. So I just take it apart. Yes, because, I mean, you can read a Bentley manual. You can, you know, you can Google things on the Internet, and especially nowadays with YouTube and the old, the multiple forums, not just Vortex, but there's also like UK Mark one forums and all these other ones that are still out there, you know, archived or whatever, you can find answers to everything. And so like, yeah, you can, you can sort of take your time, taking everything apart, fixing it up. 
And I was a bit more, somewhat in your shoes. Like when I bought my Corrado, it had issues when I bought it many years ago, but I fixed up a little bit of stuff and then I drove it a lot. And it wasn't until I, I took it off the road and tore it completely down and redid stuff. That, that's when I really learned a lot of the things I didn't know before. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you just, there, there's no substitute for immersing yourselves in a subject, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to do that, man. I mean, even if I, again, I don't want to talk about myself, but even if I did have a second vehicle to drive as a daily, I still don't have a garage, mate. I don't have a shed. I don't have anywhere to do any of these things. I actually park illegally at my own home. Like, what? Yeah. Are, so you, are we, you only allowed to have one vehicle there? No. Well, yeah, we have, we live in an apartment, right? And we are allocated one parking space. I have a, I have the truck. My girlfriend has her own little car and I give her the car space. So we have one parking space in the sort of parking lot, if you will, <laughs> uh, which is like a, a communal parking lot. And we, you know, it's got our, our property number on it. So yep, know, yep. she has that. And I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to park on the street, but our street has very little spaces all the time. It's just, there's nowhere to park. Um, and so I quite often park in the visitor space, but it doesn't say visitor. There's no like sign that says visitor space. There's actually more visitor spaces than resident spaces. And what? So I park, yeah, I park in there. So you'll see it on, <laughs> this is a little bit of uh, Easter egg or trivia for people watching the, the YouTube videos. You'll see often, I'm in that parking lot on the YouTube videos and I yeah. drive my trucks in those spaces. That's where I park it, where I'm not supposed to. <laughs> and, um, and that's where I work on my, my truck. What you see on the, on the YouTube videos, that's where I work on them. I have no garage. I, I store all of my tools in my front living room in a closet. <laughs> like, like that's dire straits for you. <laughs> so i mean i i've been there also not yeah. with the not with the parking but like you know when i first all through high with my first rabbit all through yeah. high school i never had a garage um and then when i was in high in college i never had a garage i was just in various apart and i lived in the city of pittsburgh at that time so like parking was terrible uh i, I actually had somebody break into my rabbit to steal the radio out of it what uh, yeah like this is the uh, 84 well, rabbit yeah, yeah. And this this would have probably been in like 2002, 2003. But I mean, I, I get it. If you're going to break into a car, you break into an old one that's like got no, you know, security system or whatever on it. Oh, dude. But um but yeah, and then and then when I first got my when I graduated college and I got my first like real job and like I had the R32, I lived in an apartment and yeah, I had I had spare tires. I lived on a third floor too. I had spare tires, tools, ramps, all this stuff. And I would carry it out all the way downstairs yes. and like do all that stuff. Yeah, I've been so there. You know what I'm going through then. This is great. Someone else I can <laughs> talk to who knows this shit. Like, like what it's like. Luckily, we live on the ground level, but it's still like when you need to work on your, your vehicle, it's like you've got to go through a fucking cupboard. Get out your jack. Get out all your, all your toolbox. Everything. Oh, it's just a bit of a hassle, isn't it? and then, and then obviously eventually you can get yourself a garage space or a shop. 
you get yourself a workshop, man, and you can have like a big old, big snap-on tool set, like a chest of tools. That's you right. Can, do you know what I mean? And it, everything becomes more like easily to access. And I would love to get to that stage. I really, really would. Um, so anyway, uh, going back to you, my man. Let's, uh, so you, you know, let's go back to the day that it arrived. You're looking it up and down. You're going, oh yeah, man, I'm gonna love you so hard. And then you you pressure wash it. What are sort of like the first things that you were thinking of, like when you got it? What you were looking over it, and you were like, okay, what should I do first? Obviously, you stripped it apart. You took everything out, right? So I mean, like again, it probably speaks to like my mindset or my character. Is like I already had a whole plan. Like the plan was I. I had already started to try to source a motor. I knew I wanted a, well, I, I wanted a VR6 motor. I started to think I wanted to put a 3.6 because uh, 3.6 uh, liter motor in it. Um, but I, I want to, like, you still don't see too many of those. You, you see more and more of them now, but even like a couple years ago, it's still kind of, I'll say in its infancies or a little less known. And so I backed away from that idea and said, well, you know what, like, just go with the same, just go with one of the same motors I already got because duplication, right? Spare parts are easier, these kind of things. And so I had already sourced or started to source like a 3.2 motor. And I found a guy that had a, uh, it was a Mark V R32 motor and various, you know, accessories and bits needed. Uh, he owned a shop in Florida and he, he shipped it, that motor up to me. Um, and so I was already like, by the time, like I got it and was cleaning it. Like I already like kind of knew the plan. The plan was clean it up, get the motor, get the motor rebuilt, cleaned, whatever needed to be done. Um, yeah. And spend a lot of money on, you know, you know how it is. Spend a lot of money on a lot of parts, right? (laughs) Of course. Now, can we settle an argument and i'm <laughs> i just want to know i'm i'm on neither side but i want to know what's the deal with uh vr6s people are saying that they're really tall they're really heavy they pull to one side if you break or something what's been your experiences what with this well i mean definitely in my r32 nothing like that like it, but it, that's all wheel drive and all, and yeah, it's more, it's, it's a great fun motor and car in my Corrado, both in my early days with it. Um, it was fine. And then when I, I ended up, you know, converting it to what they call OBD two and like turboing it and stuff, I've never had it pulled at once. I think if you don't, if you have a lot of power, and you don't have uh, like a limited slip differential, yeah, it'll pull to one side, but that's exactly why you'll probably also snap an axle if you got that much power. Yeah. Um, Cause but, that's, that's often quite a, a, a nice little debate, isn't it? Is like how much is too much horsepower for one of these Mark ones? Yeah. So I mean? for, yeah. So for me, like, um, you know, even if you put like, and I get the, I get the whole debate between like four cylinder or even five cylinder motors, you know, like what's it, what they call it, the 07K motors now or whatever. Right. Um, in a, in a rabbit because it's less weight up there in the front end. I just like the VR6. I'm very familiar with them having worked on them for so many years. 
So it made sense for me to go with one. And I'm not trying to get big power out of my rabbit. Like, you know, a, a Mark, a Mark five R32 motors, 200, 248, 250, something like that horsepower, maybe. Wow. That, that's more than enough. Like, I just want like a fun little car that I can zip around, drive up and down the highway, take to car shows or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, if you were going to, if your goal was to track the car, race it, I would obviously not put a VR6 motor in it. For sure. Well, yeah. Even uh, when I had that UK caddy that had the Mark III Golf GTI two liter engine. Yeah, that thing fucking ripped, man. And I was, it scared the shit out of me. Like it was so fast, but I think that only had like 117 horsepower. So, so go on. yeah, no, I, I tell people, it's funny. Cause I tell people all the time, like even my very first rabbit, that, car, that carbureted motor, I think was like 70 horsepower, but I can tell you many times of like me and one of my buddies in high school we would get in the car, you know, we'd put some CD in the CD player out of our big CD book because that's what you had back then. Exactly. And, and you're 16, 17 years old. And what did you do? We just drove just, well, gas was also like 80 cents a gallon. So that was nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we just drove. And so we'd take it on these back roads that were like, you know, again, it's Western Pennsylvania. So there's farmland and rolling hills and like, you know, twisty back roads and, and like these you could like the car would almost get airborne at times, you know, and stuff. And like, you know, it was fun. It was like a little go-kart and it had no, it had almost no power. Um, Cause yeah, going, going up some big Hills, it struggled sometimes. So yeah, you, you throw any, any decently modern motor in a, a Mark one, you're fine. Like I, I'm also of the same boat that I don't, I don't quite understand people needing to get like a thousand, eight hundred horsepower. There's people chasing like 600, 800 horsepower out of their VR6 turbo motors and things in like their daily car. And I'm like, that just seems ridiculous. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know me, man, I'm not all about speed. I just want something reliable, whether that's keeping the original engine in or swapping it out for something else that's from a golf or from you know i'm probably not going to get anything imported from the u.s like like we didn't get the aba over here like okay i didn't know that yeah so i I, well again i could be talking shit but Mm. to my knowledge i've never seen an aba here in the uk uh you know like i said the agg was what was in the uk caddy and oh, i'm trying to think i i don't know engine codes that well but that's what someone said was like the equivalent was the agg which is what okay. I had. that's the same as the aba sort of but yeah it's it's very interesting and i i i'm i love talking and learning about the engines the more and more podcasts i do and the more you know i look into and fixing up rabbits them every day that goes by i love learning about the engines that it's a it's a big complex daunting thing for me and as you would have seen i just recently got sent the um what is it called the uh the book from the how, how to keep your volkswagen alive yes dude it's such yes. a long title but it's like for oh, where is it from uh because it's from there's a bar from the office the u.s office uh what is you must be able to do you watch the office yeah like the show yeah 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 the show oh the show the office yeah 
Yeah, with um Michael. Uh... Yeah, Why Michael am I Scott. drawing a blank right now? What the fuck? The Office is like one of my favorite. I, I literally was watching it while I was eating lunch earlier because it's it's always on Comedy Central. So if like there's oh, nothing cool. on TV, I just put that on. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. And Paul Richards, that's what it was. Yes, Sorry, that's was, the bar. You're right. I was drawing a blank, but yeah, I looked at that book and I was like, "Hang on a minute, is was this book from whoever wrote the book? Are they from Pennsylvania?" And because Paul Richards is in Pennsylvania, right? And I was like, "Am I drawing a connection there, or am I barking up? Am I?" It's probably I mean? just coincidence or something. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I reckon it is. I don't know. I'm just chatting shit, man. Um, I never, I, I know exactly what you're talking about, though, from the show and, and whatnot. So, yeah, it's funny. It is funny. Uh, but anyway, <clears throat> anyway, so, yeah, let's just quickly go back to your rabbit, man. <laughs> I, I, I keep going off. To, again, this podcast is a discussion, but it's so easy to just go off topic and go off and talk about something else. So VR6, that's what's in it now. Yeah, yeah. So it's got um, the Mark V 3.2 liter VR6 in it. Um, and yeah, I, I probably one of the biggest struggles I had with that car was I got everything in the car. Finally, it was all ready to go. And I could not get it to fire up. And I racked my brain forever trying to figure it out. And it turned out my injectors were all messed up. Dude. But I'd never, yeah, I'd never had that. Like I've, I've had like old, um, what they call the, the, uh, like the AAA motors, like the twelve valve VR six motors. I've had those old motors sit around forever and like pull injectors, and they're just fine. So I didn't think that they would be like clogged up or an issue. But yeah, they were, mm-hmm. they were. Once I wrecked, once I fixed that issue, like that thing's like starts up every time and is good to go. Dude, whilst you reminded me about injectors i found a a guy on youtube maybe other people know him uh his youtube channel is called the rusty rabbit have you heard of this i think his name's eric i might be getting that wrong is he also on instagram because he i think i followed that somebody with that name or close to it i don't know but i looked at when he uploaded his youtube videos it said like four years ago but he lo- it looks like he records his YouTube videos on like an old like old camera that requires like tape, like like a, it looks oh, like, like it was filmed on VCR type deal thing. It was like like a like a camcorder from the yes. late nineties. Okay, but don't get me wrong, I love the look because it looks like it was filmed in the eighties. Like it looks so fitting for the um you know what he's talking about, and it's basically him in his workshop talking about rabbit problems and stuff and how to fix certain things and injectors came up because that's one of the things i'm trying to fix at the moment and my I just, well my questions for you is one have you ever seen this guy's youtube channel because uh, he seems like such a fucking cool dude uh, again this might be a stupid question but as you know i've got the cis injection uh, engine right now and yep. i was thinking if I want to replace the injectors on that, could I get injectors that are from, like, say, a more modern vehicle? Or do I have to find injectors that are from that 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 era, that same year sort of thing? 
I have no idea. I never owned, I've never owned or messed with anything. I've heard all the horror stories of the CIS system. Really? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's like all, it's not like it's just Volkswagen, right? Like almost all those old, um, or, you know, uh, original fuel injection kind of systems were just overly complex or had problems. It probably didn't matter what manufacturer it is, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I've never owned a car with it. So I, I have zero knowledge. Now I would think that you could probably get a different injector, but unless you have a purpose for it, like, you know, going turbo and putting more fuel in the motor or something, I don't think you would need anything different. Mm. Well, no worries, man. And and the thing is, maybe I just need to actually fucking open my Bentley manual and, <laughs> and this new book that I've just been gifted by Brett Napoli. I should give him a shout out, by the way. He's a good uh, guy. I definitely, I, sh- I need to just open the books and just have a read. Instead of posting on Instagram, doing stupid YouTube videos and and all the rest of it and working and like nine to five instead of that I should be <laughs> I should be taking the time out to really read and get to know and learn the CIS injection also on that the last thing I'll say about this is uh, and at the time of recording this uh, the Ben Quitek episode on the podcast hasn't actually aired yet but um when this episode is out it will be and i should say he is actually coming back immediately to the podcast which is going to be the episode after this one uh ben is going to be coming back and we are going to do an episode which is just talking about and educating people on the cis injection oh there you go yeah nice so i i thought i would just say that i'd bring it up and just say if there is anybody that has the CIS injection or is, you know, or wants to learn about it or know more about it, Ben Quitek is coming back and he is going to be edgy because he's like, he's been in this game for many, many years. And he said, you know, he's very, very confident and he's done this a whole bunch of times with the CIS injection stuff. And so he is going to chat my face off about it. And hopefully the audience will learn a thing or two about it. And I'm, I'm thinking like, because obviously I do the uh, rabbit history lesson with Clint or with Bobby or with yada yada. I'm thinking, should I also do podcast episodes which are just like educational, like talking about a specific thing like the CIS fuel injection? Do you know what I mean? I wonder if people would enjoy that or do they just want me to stick to having people on to tell their story? What do you think? Personally, I think I like it. Uh, I like the idea. I mean, because you can do it broadens your scope um, of mm. content, right? Uh, and I don't know anything about CIS, like I said, but I would be interested in just hearing it, um, even if I don't own anything with it, um, just just for knowledge or whatever. I'm, you know, like a nerd like that. I, I like to soak up information. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. No, because you see it too often. Like you'll see. That people get sick and tired of their CIS system, so they rip them out and they throw a car, uh, like a Weber carb on their right. on their car. Um, and so, like, I mean, it, it works, but like, yeah, come on, like that CIS system worked from the factory, also. Mm. So, like, 
I get it gets temperamental with age. But there's got to be other ways to like maintain it and stuff. I guess I've seen because yeah. I I mean you've I've seen like like we were talking about GTIs earlier. I've seen GTIs that were actually in pretty good shape, but then you go and look and they've like ripped up the motor, thrown a carb on it or whatever. And to me, that's like kind of spoiled the whole point of that car. But that's just me. Yeah, no, I get you, man. I really do. Yeah, I I think there's something to be said for something that's just been left alone. You know what I mean? And and just preserved and and maintained other rather than uh, you know, doing a whole swap and putting new things in and stuff like that. But yeah, well, you we mentioned very very early on that you are sort of like an engineer, right? That's what you do for a living. That's been one of your biggest interests. And I just wondered, like, obviously, like I said, Ben Ben Quitex seems to have like specialties in certain areas. And I wondered what what would you consider your specialty is with within this car fixing world? What would be something that you would say, you know what? I know a fuck ton about electrics or wiring. I know a fuck ton about this. What would be your specialty? Oh, man. I don't like to presume that I'm an expert in anything. <laughs> yeah. But um yeah, I mean I've I've done I've dabbled in a lot of things. Um I I'm pretty adept at, at electronics and wiring. I and again with a Corrado you pretty much have to be, but like I when I rebuilt that thing, I stripped everything down and I removed wiring, I rewired stuff. So like wiring, I know wiring is scaring for scary for a lot of people, right? Like wiring diagrams, they can be confusing. Like that's a breeze for me. Um, sure. I mean, most, yeah, it's definitely not engines. Like rebuilding an engine there, that's like, I get very worried if I have to like do that. I can do enough, um, you know, change timing chains and, and all these kinds of things. But if I was to like completely rebuild an engine, that's like way out of my wheelhouse. Dude. You know, so it's more like I can I can swap parts, I can troubleshoot. Wiring is really easy. Um, yeah, that's but I I'm no expert on probably anything. Well, it's it's interesting you say about wiring because again, Justin Torres loves wiring as well, and we often we we did say like it's weird how people find it daunting and stuff like that. I just to I me, personally don't get it. Like, why? Yeah. I think, well, and I think again, in an old rabbit or something, like it's super simple. Like there's just nothing to it. There's no computers. Now, yeah, you get into like later cars, newer cars, anything probably after 2000. That is, a, even for me, that would start to maybe be a little more daunting, but not mm. crazy bad. But um, yeah, I mean, like an old rabbit or even like my Corrado from the 90s, like there's not that much to it. But the, if you look at wiring diagrams, they're, you know, there's just a bunch of lines and symbols going everywhere. So it can be confusing. I, I find that. it, I find it very methodic. It's like, it's methodical. And to me that is like peaceful, like working through that, like a problem like that. Yeah. You know, you're like tracing these little lines and then testing something in the car and then maybe tracing something else or whatever. So it's yeah. literally, it's literally a light bulb effect for me. Like, <laughs> I, I know that sounds really weird, but like, let's say for example, like the other day I was, I was putting this new cluster in and stuff. And I was like, you say following lines and seeing where this goes, where that goes. Oh, there's a disconnection there. 
And literally, I was I had a bulb. I was trying to get a bulb to work. And I was, it's like you say, you follow a line. But when that bulb turns on after you change in something, it is like a eureka moment. And it's like, it literally is like a light bulb going off in your head as well. And it's just like, oh, man, that's so cool. Like, you know, I did that. I achieved that. I It's a, such a small little victory. But it's like, again, why would, I guess each to their own. Like, everybody's got their own thing they're scared of or they love they specialize in like i was even toying with the idea and me and clint were talking back and forth about this it's like i was trying to i was thinking how can i get clint over here to do an engine swap like i want to fly him out to the uk get him on a ferry to the isle of Wight, and i want to just spend like a, a week or so with him and for him and i to just engine swap the rabbit but I have no money, dude. I am broke. <laughs> broke. I am so broke. It's a joke. Uh, anyway, <laughs> they don't pay. They don't pay the mailman on the Isle of Wight. Um, a lot oh, of money. dude, you have no idea. But <laughs> oh, I guess as well. By the time this episode is out, I should say uh, my t-shirts will be out. Did I tell you about this already? Uh, did you see? You sent me like a um, like a proof, I guess you could say, like an early, like hey, I'm I'm think I'm I think I'm gonna get t-shirts. I think you sent it to me. Yeah. So uh, it's now it's now uh, it's online. It's I've it, I've done a whole website. I won't talk about it now because this is your episode. I'll talk about it later. But just to quickly say, I've started doing t-shirts and and hoodies and long sleeve t-shirts and stuff with a really. In my, well, I think it's a really cool print on the back of the shirt, the Monster Rabbit print. Really cool, fun design on there. And hopefully, people that are a fan of the podcast or the YouTube channel, hopefully they'll they'll get themselves a T-shirt and that will help support the show and perhaps allow me to either buy better equipment for recording or maybe go towards stuff that I can, you know, put on the rabbit, like new wiring looms and and stuff like that and and just little things that will help and obviously i'll record everything and it will be content for the youtube channel and stuff so hopefully yeah because like you say being a mailman on the isle of white pays like fuck all man especially if you've got to support a family as well so hopefully by selling these t-shirts and stuff i can sort of further this whole rabbit build and you're helping me out massively as well dude you're sending me the uh the tan dash cover, right from this, yeah, rabbit, yeah, the seventy-eight rabbit. Yeah, it like hopefully, I guess hopefully when this airs, you'll already have it probably. So maybe oh, you'll geez. have an unboxing video already done. But uh, that's true. Yeah, I had a for whatever reason. I, I mean, those dash covers they definitely don't come in green since that was a weird color. But like, mm. yeah, you can get them in black or tan. I, those are probably the most common colors. And so like when I got my car, there was like a bin of some extra parts in the back and there was a tan dash cover in there. And wow. so, yeah. That's so cool, man. Do you know much about them? Was was the tan, uh, sorry, were the dash covers like a dealership thing? Like with the decals and bumpers and stuff like that? Was that sort of like a thing that, you would go to a dealership back in 70s and 80s and say, right, I would like a rabbit, sir. And, uh, you know, sell me your what, what rabbits do you have available for sale, et cetera, et cetera. 
would they say, okay, would you like this trim level? Would you like this piece? Would you like that? Would you like aircon? Would you like ra- a radio? Would you like a tan? Uh, would you like a dash cover? I guess, would it be like that? Or am I getting that wrong? I, I, I don't know about the dash. Co- I know nowadays you can just buy them like from companies like typically on like eBay or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I've never seen any um of the dealer's literature that lists that as a um like an an optional item not Mm. to say that it couldn't have been originally and then obviously other companies just made them later on i i don't know yeah because i mean like you know like i like i was saying earlier i i have the window sticker to my 84 rabbit and it 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 came equipped with uh well it was the dealer installed items were like rust proofing something with the paint also which i found very funny uh it came pre pre-equipped with two speakers for the radio mud flaps you know things like that and, and if you've seen any of the old volkswagen you know advertisements and literatures like a lot of us have they had they had so much stuff available so it very could well could be they started that way i, I just yeah. don't know and what were the, the dash covers for? Was it to protect the dash from cracking, do you think? I think it's probably because they, they um, it's not something that's like just for Volkswagen. Like you see them in a lot of other American older cars. I think it's either to cover up, like people use them to either just cover up the cracked dash mm. and or try to prevent them from sun damage from cracking more kind of thing. Yeah, because you don't see them here in the UK at all. I got a uh, lot of questions, man, from people in the UK saying, "What the fuck is that on the dash?" That doesn't. Because you guys, there. you guys don't have the sun like we do over here. <laughs> Fucking very true, very true. It rains like 11, 11 tenths of the year here. It's ridiculous. It's raining right now. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear that, but it's raining now. <laughs> so I, I, I've been to Europe plenty of times, but I've never been to the UK. So I don't bother, mate. Don't bother. You're a waste of time. <laughs> No, I'm joking. It's a great place. <laughs> but uh, what was I going to... Oh, yeah. We were speaking about, like, add-ons and stuff. Have you seen the... um like a, It's like a hood ornament, like a rabbit hood ornament. Have you seen that? Yeah, I remember even seeing those back in, like, the 90s and stuff. Really? I, I'm, I'm personally not a fan. Man, if... I wish I could go back in time. Well, we all do, right? And like, just buy all the crap that I saw back <laughs> then, right? Yeah, but yeah, yeah, man. Well, yeah, I, I like you. I'm not a fan. It just reminds me of the the Mercedes like hood, hood ornaments. Yeah, the, you know what I mean. But it's just it's cool to see. Like, it's cool to see in its packaging as well. They're very expensive. Like, if someone you see them on marketplace, and I'm like, Jesus, how much do they want for that? It's ridiculous. Oh, man. That's what I'm saying. Like. Again, I growing up in in high school in the Pins- Pittsburgh, Western Pennsylvania area. I remember going to junkyards, and there'd be rabbits in there. And again, this is the mid late nineties. There'd be rabbits in there, and like I would just you know get a few little odds and ends or whatever, um, and they would cost me nothing. But like I bet I could have like who knows how much gold was lost, um, mm. you know, because there was just so many rabbits in those junkyards. It was crazy. Yeah. Well, this is the thing is, it's like, we're, I guess at that time, people just weren't to know that later on in decades and decades of time later, 
that these cars would be so adored and appreciated. It's the same with like cars coming out now, I guess, in like, say, a hundred years time when we're all fucking on hoverboards and driving all electric vehicles and stuff. It's, it's inevitable. It's probably going to happen. Yeah. Like, could you imagine people like in a hundred years going, oh, look, I've, I've just seen this tucked away in my fucking I don't know what what you'd have in a century's time but you'd you'd see like a a, a car with an engine how weird would that be like way in the picture this way in the future when we're all you know flying and stuff and hovering and you know we've we're on our own drones and stuff to get around like imagine someone saying come and have a look at this what I've just found it's a car with a motor <laughs> like it's got a car with an engine and and an exhaust. Do you remember these? Like yeah. So, I mean, think about it. Like cars have only been around what you know, 120 years roughly. Yeah. So, like, think of. So, I'm 40 years old. I just turned 40 like a couple weeks ago. So, my grandfather he he passed away when he was 98. Wow. And, and so, like, he 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 was actually he used to own um, like an old tri. He was into British sports cars like Triumphs and MGs and things like that. Mm. Um, and so like, yeah, I remember him being like seventies and driving like a little old triumph. So like, yeah, in 30 years, and am, am I going to be able to like have gas and like drive a, one of these cars? I don't I know. know. Scary <laughs> thought, isn't it? Right. Very scary thought. But yeah, I, I've, I, sometimes I think about these things and I'm like, I'm sure it'll, they'll still be the, you know, it'll be available there'll still be people like us going to car shows or whatever. It might just cost a lot of money um, mm. or whatever. I mean, but it, it'll still be there. It'll be an, an option. But at some point, the number of cars, as you say, will change or decline or whatever, just as they did from horse and buggies to cars or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, just think about it, man. Elon Musk or Elon Musk's children. <laughs> I don't know what his child's name is. It's something like Ash, like <laughs> E A. I don't remember what the fuck its name is. If but... you can pronounce it, you're better than me. I know it's like Ash something, <laughs> but no. Could you imagine? Like one day we'll all be worshiping Elon Musk and his his uh, <laughs> his his children and disciples or whatever, and you know we'll all have these fucking electric vehicles and he would have paid paved the way for a, a a new future and it's just weird to think man that's why i'm so all about enjoying these vehicles now like if you've got them hoarding them or whatever your thing is i would just encourage you to just get them on the road or give them to someone who can enjoy it right now in this time in this in this decade at least just because you never know what the future will hold do you know what i mean it's like we often we joke about you know electric cars are going to be the next thing and nobody's going to have gas anymore and and stuff like that but it's like this stuff will eventually come true and it like you say it will be really really expensive to drive it will be really hard to get anywhere i'm sure like uh, emissions things will change laws eventually and stuff like that so I am all about enjoying the vehicle that you have right now like do what you've got to do 
sell your soul, sell your body, sell, <laughs> like just do whatever it takes to get your old Mark one back on the road. Enjoy it for what it is while you can. Don't worry so much about, oh, it's not done yet. It's not finished yet. It's not perfect or whatever. Or oh, it's got a scratch on it. I need to buff. Just enjoy it. Like, I'm all about that. I'm well all said. Uh, <laughs> Very, my my gr- same grandfather, he used to always say like, yeah, what was his saying? It's like, if you can't afford to lose it, you shouldn't own it. Okay. In other words, like, and, and he was a big believer, kind of the, what you're saying is like, drive the car whatever whatever it is that you buy whatever your thing is in life use it because if you're not using it or you're afraid that like oh i'm gonna scratch it or i'm gonna wreck it like then you shouldn't even have bought it like let someone else have it dude you're you're preaching man because uh i'm I'm, we won't talk too much about this but i'm a minimalist um i've been a minimalist for many many years now which means i very rarely allow things into my life like I'll only let things into my life that either bring me joy or value of some kind. So like, obviously people are sending me all this stuff, which I really appreciate. I honestly do. <laughs> um, but at the same time, it's like, Oh fuck man, what am I going to do? No, I'm joking. I, I, I love it and I appreciate <laughs> it, but it is bringing me joy though. That's the thing. Like say for example, right. Let's say for example, like a t-shirt, not a t-shirt, a, a company, sent me some free stuff to promote or something yeah I, I probably would find it really really hard to allow that stuff if i don't find any value out of it if i don't find any joy out of it i would find it really really hard to keep hold of it like i have this this rule called the 1990 rule right which means if i've got something that i haven't used in the last 90 days and i don't plan on using it in the next 90 days i get rid of it that's probably why i don't own a suitcase <laughs> i'm joking oh wow a suitcase but no uh no just some little things man but the reason again we won't go into it because there's it's so complex but i just feel so much more freer with less things like i think the average american has like over three hundred thousand items in their home oh right? my gosh which is insane isn't it that's a statistic right there and and so I just think, and since I've become a minimalist and I don't, I don't push it on people to do the same thing. But when I did that, I just felt so much more lighter. Things were not weighing me down. And I felt like the things that I did have, I really looked after them like this truck, man, like everything that comes with the truck, every piece, everything at home that I have is there for a reason. Yeah. It has, it has purpose or it brings me joy. If it doesn't, I get rid of it. And I feel so much better about it. I don't have all these things. I have a clearer head. I have a clearer home. Everything's easy to access, you know? Again, I, I won't no, I, you or touch on that. But, uh, I, can, I can completely relate. Although people that know me be like, well, what are you talking about? Cause, <laughs> uh, obviously, I have the fleet of vehicles and other stuff. No, you're yeah, I, I think that, that actually I read an article recently very similar to what you're saying is that like people take on things because they feel they need some, you know, attachment or whatever. Mm. But ultimately, it, they lead those things lead to them having the opposite feelings. Right. Yes. Um, they, they take time that they don't want to be using for that thing or whatever. But yeah, yeah, yeah I think it's a I, I, 
how old are you? I am 32. 32. I, so, yeah, okay, so you're in your 30s. I think it's also something as you get older, you come to realize more as well. Because when I was younger, I would nef- definitely have not thought this way. Yeah. And, and at, through my 30s and now 40, like, yeah, I mean, if maybe some things were different in my life, I would, I would totally do exactly what you're saying. I would, like, sell almost everything mm. and, and just buy, like, a piece of land and yeah. put like a small, I would build like a small house garage kind of thing on it. Cause I think it's also easier for guys. I mean, like I, I, I can only speak for myself and my ex-wife, but like, yeah, women in general seem to be very much more of the materialistic side of things. Whereas guys, men, we can get by with much less stuff. Sure. Sure. Of course. Yeah. I think there's a lot to be, uh, to dive into and and talk about this it really does interest me it it really does there's so much there's so much that i've learned about myself uh about you know minimalism and the benefits of it and again i don't want to bore people i don't want people to be switching off going oh fucking hell hurry up and <laughs> talk about volkswagens again but i i just i just feel that yeah it's just minimalism has really, really helped me. It really, really has. But it can be difficult at times when people want to buy you something for your birthday or buy yeah. something for Christmas. Like, what do you want? What do you want me to get you? And I'm like, honestly, just spend some time with me. And I think, like you said, when you get older, and this is what's happened to me, is when I've, got, I've gotten older, I realize more and more how things actually don't mean that much to you it's you you want right. to you want to you want to spend more you want to gain more memories of things i think and you know when you're a kid we're growing up i think oh wow the cool the next biggest thing came oh wow pokemon cards oh i must literally have them all it's the fucking slogan and it's like loads of th- oh playstation i want to get this game that game this game uh and you know it when you're younger you don't hey, even realize it when you get uh, older, you really do appreciate a lot more in life, you know? Okay. Guys, we're having a bit of technical issues, but we will be right back after this. What I'm saying is, uh, as I've gotten older, I feel that I realize more and more what's actually important. Like, the more I get older, the, I know the what's most important in, in life. And materialistic things just don't seem to be you know that important the, and I, I realize that more and more as i get older like i said so i guess that's another reason why I, i'm doing the whole minimalist thing but again like i said i i only really have things that bring me joy and the truck is evident <laughs> you can see it plain as day in the videos you can see it as i talk about it it brings me a fuck ton of joy do you know so no, absolutely. So, like, I uh, there's, I, I don't know if it's like a car person thing, a car guy thing, whatever. Like, there's those moments, right, where you just like you had a bad day or whatever, and you get in your car, and you turn the radio on, or maybe it's just the maybe it's just you driving, and like everything just feels right, mm. you know, yeah. and like. I, I mean, there's certain like there's certain songs I can remember that like, uh, you know, like if it comes on, I'll, I'll remember like driving in my old rabbit or 
the same thing with the R32, like, because there's been times through life where like when my daughter was really young, like I wouldn't drive that car for months on end. Um, and then like I would get in it, fire it up, you know, and you, you just start driving and like, you almost get like the hair on the back of your neck kind of, you know, tingles or whatever mm-hmm. a little bit. It's just like a visceral emotional feeling and there's something to that. And so, yeah, I, I completely get it. And that's, it's why I have the cars that I do and stuff. Absolutely. Now, what other, th- and I haven't really asked this question to many of my guests, but I, I'm keen to know like what you do for fun. And that is another, like, instead of me saying to people, oh, what do you do for a living? What do you do? I don't want to know that stuff. I mean, sure, we've already talked about it a little bit, but instead i want to know what you do for fun i want to i want to get to know you a little better and i want people to get to know who you are as a person a little better as well so i want to know when people come on the show i want to know what 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 stuff they're into what what do they do outside of volkswagens and stuff like that like do you have any hobbies and collections and stuff like that uh yeah man so most of what i do anymore uh, obviously, um, being a dad takes up a lot of time, and I'm sure other listeners will understand that. Sure. Um, but yeah, I've always been into sports and fitness. That's a big part of who I am. Like I grew up playing soccer or football, as you would call it, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. And um, and so I played like all my life, and even I played in like a I've played in like adult leagues when I was a bit younger, and then I got into kind of doing more running events. I've ran, you know everything from like five K's to full marathons and things like that pretty competitively. And then I got into like doing endurance events. Um, I've done like 48 hour endurance events that are run by like current and former special, uh, special operations, military personnel and things like that, that just, just beat the shit out of you. Just like, push. do you say 40 hour? Yeah, like like four, uh, 48 hour long events, like just absolutely take you to your breaking point as a human being. And just to show, I mean, they'll just push you and push you. And I, I, I did all that. One, it's a, uh, you know, they're adrenaline highs anyway. But, um, you what know, it, are we talking like Navy SEAL type stuff? Yeah, kind of. I mean, but in like a more controlled environment for like civilians. I mean, can it's we talk not, about it? Yeah, yeah. Like I've done like um, I've done like all kinds. I mean, some of them are like just like twelve hours long, and I've done other things that are like, you know, like the Spartan races and other things. But like the the biggest hardest ones I I did years ago were like the um uh, like back to back twenty four hour endurance events, and it's it's you're with like a group of of people, mostly guys. And like you're getting the crap, you're doing like PT, you're carrying logs, you're getting in the ocean in the middle of the winter time and like freezing your ass off and stuff. But it's a mental game. It's just knowing that you are stronger than like your mind wants you to think, right? Like your body will tell you to quit nonstop. Mm. But, uh, and so, yeah, I, I, I got into all that and for years, uh, for a number of years, uh, in like my mid thirties, um, I even like one of the last things I did, I went over, I was, I went over to Europe for the um, 75th anniversary of the Normandy invasion there in France. And uh, it was amazing. Like 
you know, for, for an American, most Americans don't even appreciate our own country or history. They, most of them don't ever leave the country. And then when you, I, I did like this 50 mile march through Northern France from like Omaha beach and went to the cemeteries and things with a, a group of guys. I knew we stayed in a chateau there in like Northern France, which was just awesome. And, um, and like, you know, we were walking through this little town in the middle of the night in the French countryside. And this old farmer guy came, he was like outside doing something. I mean, it's probably, it's like probably like 11 o'clock at night. And he stopped us. And the one guy that was with me, he actually had grown up in Paris as a child. His dad worked for IBM. So he knew French really well. And, uh, and he, uh, and he was talking to the guy in French. And the next thing I know, the guy like goes in his house and comes out with bottles of beer and wine for us just because we were American. Wow. Yeah. And so like, you know, there's, so like, there's an appreciation there for like, you know, what some of our, you know, ancestors, grandfathers did to like save them and things. But, um, no. So, so yeah, I've done a lot of really cool stuff like that. Um, and then my, I, my, my daughter is, she'll be five years old this summer. So when she came along, when she got to be about, about two years old, I, I kind of retired from a lot of that that stuff. I don't, I don't do any of the endurance events. I don't really run. I still work out quite a lot. I fitness and staying healthy is very important to me. So I still exercise and run a little bit, but more just in my own time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, can I just ask as well? Cause we got a lot of listeners that listen to the show that are fathers. Um, and you know, I wanted to ask, cause obviously you are a father and I wanted to know how you, fit in fixing cars whilst being a dad like it can do you have any advice and obviously family comes first there's no denying that family does come first but do you have any sort of tips or advice for for other dads out there that have the same like not excuse but you know when i'll ask oh you know when are you going to fix that rabbit or when are you going to you know (laughs) when are you going to get that uk caddy on the road yeah and they say, oh, man, things are hard. Like, I'm, I'm a dad now and, you know, I don't have the, I don't have the time to do it. And, I, you know, this project has taken a back seat because I'm a dad now. Do you, do you have any advice to give for people that are, that are, are you know, like I say, just turn dads over, you know, uh, how do I put it? They've gone from being a car guy to having a family and realizing that, oh shit, now I've got some serious responsibilities. I'm not going to be able to put the same time and effort into this shitty little fucking rabbit box car that I spent my, my, a lot of my money and time on. I'm not going to have that anymore to be able to, to go out and fix it, fix the car up and finish it off. Do you have any advice for, for new dads? So, yeah, I have a saying anyway. It's like, don't put off to tomorrow what you can do today. Like, I think that like, you know, it's all well, we all need a day. You know, you all need that time where you just like do nothing in a day, right? We all, you just vegetate on the couch. You, 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 you Netflix a whole season of whatever show or whatever's on. Um, but I, I don't know if I have advice, but I can just 
speak from my experiences is like i i'm not the type of person that sits still very much anyway mm. like i i don't play video games or like you know these kind of things i don't really watch tv unless it's like i'm watching a movie or sports pretty much mm-hmm. uh, and so like yeah pretty much i i get up every day at like 5 a.m uh i work out I, I work out and then, and now, and now I'm a single father. So maybe I'll preface, maybe I'll speak in two different separates. So as a single father now, like time is even more precious. So when I have my daughter, I get up early, I, I get everything done. I get her up and we get out to our normal day. And then I have a full evening with her. And then when she goes to bed, that's when I go out to the garage and work. But I also don't really sleep that much. I sleep like five, six hours a night. Mm. Uh, I've always been like that. I'm just predispositioned to not need a lot of sleep. Yeah. Um, so I'm lucky in that regard. And then if I look back, even when my wife and I were together, like, you know, I will say I wasn't always the best. Like I, I would take advantage of like her watching my, you know, my daughter and stuff. And it's obviously easier even with only one child. We only ever had one. If you have more than that, I think it becomes really hard, but yeah, I, I don't think they should be, feel bad that their, you know, their projects are slowed down. Um, there've been numerous times over my, uh, my life where I've let cars kind of slide into the background and I've done other things that maybe fit, my life more importantly at that time but mm. then but then i've come back to the car right and and that's probably also why i don't sell things or or whatever is because like it's there it, no matter what it's there like i don't have to finish it today i don't have to get it done tomorrow even if it's you know five two years from now it's the car's there right like the biggest thing is like getting that car uh whether it's your dream car or whatever the biggest thing is like finding it and getting it after that, everything's easy. Yeah, it takes time, um, but it's there. I, I, mm. I have a coworker I work with. He's been working on like his 1967 Camaro, 68 Camaro. He's been working on it for like 15 years, but he keeps chipping away at it every weekend, every time he gets a chance, right? Yeah. So, I suppose yeah. it all depends on you know, how you look at the situation, like, okay, so say, for example, for some people, they might see working on their vehicle as a hobby. And there's no real like, end end goal end result. It's just a continuous. I mean, we often all joke about, you know, oh, you have a Volkswagen, (laughs) that means you've got a project that's always going to be a project, you're always going to be fixing it. And that's fine. But like there are people that have them as projects that they just work on it because it's fun to do. It's a hobby. Whereas I think what I am is I and again, there might be other people similar to me, but I know I can picture the end result of what I want my truck to look like, sound like, drive like. I have all these things in my head about this is what it's going to look like eventually. And I just need to get from A to B. I need to get I need to somehow get there. And I, I think, okay, how quick, what's my time frame? How, how long is it going to take me to get these things? And I, I, I tend to get not frustrated, but it's like, how do I put it? It's like, uh, there's some people that have got patience and they treat it as a hobby. And then there's me where it's like, this is my daily driver. And, you know, I need, I, and I really want it to get to that end result quicker. Like, for example, there's, like I said, 
I've, I've talked about changing it from a black interior to tan. I can't get these tan parts quick enough. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, oh, I want it now, I want it now. But that's maybe because I'm just so excited about the whole thing, maybe. But, uh, I'm, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a natural human reaction. Because, I mean, I'm somewhere, I think, between the two, you kind of gave, like, two examples of people, like the hobbyist and, like, the person that wants that. I think we all, like, at least my belief is we all have a vision of what that car is going to be. Mm. And I think we, I, I know for myself, I think I used to, uh, I, I always start out very much in the same boat you're in and then reality kind of sets in or, you know, and I, I take a step back and I'm like, yeah, am I really going to spend all that much money at this moment or am mm. I going to have that much time? And then, uh, you know, I kind of have a gut check and I'm like, okay, it's not that bad that, uh, you know, it takes another year or whatever. But I think there are people that like they have those gut checks and they they don't like that reality and then they sell the car or whatever. Yes, dude, yeah. you're absolutely right. You're absolutely so. right. People do have that realization of like, oh shit, like I've just realized my cam belt is about to snap or something, and oh, I need to replace this, and then it becomes like a like when a few things go wrong then the owner will start to see other things go wrong and then they'll think, oh, it's just destined to fail. I'm never going to have money or time to fix it. I'll sell it. You know. Yep. So there is that mentality, whereas you could just be patient with it and fix one problem at a time, which I guess is what I'm doing because I'm broke as fuck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you have to drive it every day. Anyway. And I have to drive it, yeah. So it's like I can't just take it off the road because – I, they, I, I have nowhere to fucking put it. <laughs> I have literally no parking space to put it. So I can't take it off the road. I have to keep driving it. I want to keep driving it because I fucking love it and enjoy it. I just want to, uh, yeah, I want it now so I can enjoy it. That's basically what it is. But, okay, going off. I'm with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad, man. I am. But going off on something different, man. Let's touch on something different. Before we go to like an ad break, okay. uh, I want to talk about madness. Have you ever been to madness? No, I have not. Um, Do you want I, to go to madness? Oh, yeah, very much so. Um, I would really, 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 really like to go this year. Um, I actually, next, at the time that we are. Um, uh, recording this next weekend in like less than a week is a there's actually two shows there's one up in it's called dubs at the lake up in like maryland area and then there's one over in helen georgia and so i know people going to both of those shows and originally i wanted the rabbit to be ready to take to helen um in what six seven days that's not going to be likely so that's where my frustration comes in back to our previous <laughs> yeah. conversation but um but yeah I, I mean july i think i should easily be i mean at this point all i gotta do is get this windshield installed and then yeah get an alignment done and just take it and drive it a lot more so madness would be oh Probably an eight, nine hour drive for me, mm. which Is would that... be very daunting in the Mark one. Yeah. But yeah. it would be fun. 
yeah there's no doubt it'd be fun it's like the dream car show especially for me anyway it's like the, from from what i understand everybody's all says like mark one madness is the show to go to if you're into mark ones this is the show not to miss uh so i cannot wait and i want i want madness to be my first car show i i haven't been to a car show before i've never been to anything any expeditions nothing uh so i would love to be able to say that madness was my first uh i think that'd be pretty cool uh because you're thinking next year you'll want to come, not not 2022 but 2023 is when you that's come right back. correct yeah because yeah. i think there'll be a lot of planning and saving up money for it like plane tickets travel like we want yeah. to maybe do a road trip and stuff like that so there's a lot of things to consider uh but yeah totally man and i often joke and it's like because obviously everybody that goes to madness i kind of already speak to online so it's like imagine me getting there and meeting people in person for the first time i'm gonna have random well i'm gonna have people come up to me and go oh my god it's dan dan the monster rabbit guy i'm like okay i've never seen your face before i've seen your vehicle <laughs> I've spoken to you a hundred times, but I've I just don't know who you are. No, Man, yeah, that, that's the way that's the way it is. At like everything, anything I've gone to is because you know all these people, and especially you know we're still kind of coming out of COVID, right? Yeah, and so like we've all spent years like more or less online, or maybe not traveling as much, and so like yeah, like we all know each other's cars, or we know each other's Instagram names, or whatever yeah but we don't know the actual person and so there's only a few there's only a few people that i've met now but like i said before like the mark one community is like amazing like so many people have like will reach out and like you know answer questions the same as you experience or whatever and um or offer help or whatever and um but i've only actually met a few people um but yeah, so very similar kind of thing. I think, but I think that's true of a lot of car shows nowadays, as well as mm. like you, you show up and you meet people that you know from online or whatever, but not in person. And speaking of car shows, you went to Wookie in the Woods, right? Yeah, I was over there. That was the first time I've ever gone. Actually, I've wanted to go again, like since it started, um, but was never really in the cards because uh, it's it's always in like. I say like the middle of April mm. uh, and my birthday is like right around that time. And my wife used to always plan something kind of big for us, like a trip or something. And, and so, yeah, you know, I would always obviously do that instead, but uh, it was a, it was a good time. The weather didn't quite cooperate very well this year with some snow and various things, but uh, it, it, it's really good people. And Wookie in the woods, we should sort of clarify for people that are unaware perhaps the uk audience i don't know but that's for people that have vr6 engines correct it is for any of the r branded so the r32s or the golf r's i mean that's it started as just the you know the uh, r32s and then obviously if they've added more of the golf r models it's it's them also um, but anyone anyone is welcome it's not even really a show it's more of like come to the mountains, stay for a while, and drive your cars around in big groups just having fun. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. I, I enjoy that idea. 
Wow. Um, okay, what we'll do now then, Kev, or Kevin, sorry, we'll go... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not your ex-wife. Uh, let's go to an ad break now and uh, we'll come right back with questions from the listeners. Sound good? Sound good. All right, guys, we'll be right back after this. You're listening to the Monster Rabbit Podcast. If you're enjoying today's show, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. You can do this by hitting the plus button or the follow button. And make sure you hit the notification bell. That way you'll be the first to know when I release a brand new episode. To support the show, you can always leave a five-star rating or a written review, depending on what podcast platform you're using. Remember, if you like the podcast, you'll love the YouTube channel. You can show your support by subscribing and sharing the YouTube channel with all your Mark One buddies. All links to the socials will be in the show notes below. Welcome back. You're listening to the Monster Rabbit podcast. I'm here with Kevin White, and we're about to dive into questions from the listeners. This is where people uh, that are on the Instagrams will have sent or submitted questions to me every now and then when I uh, announce that I'm going to have a guest on the show. I do put it on stories, you know, a little box where you can send in your questions for my guests. So, these are the questions sent in for you, bruv. Uh, should I do an American accent for each one of these? Because they are all from America. <laughs> well, it's, it's, well, we've it's got one, you. one Canadian uh, question. Um, anyway, we've got a first question sent in from Fakin Brian. Um, I don't know if you recognize these, but Fakin Brian says, Who is your favorite, most reliable vendor? to order mark one parts from oh man so i mean like i'm gonna have to like give a shout out to snp or sal at snp um only because like i i did a vr6 swap and so like i bought a ton of stuff from them um and they cater to mark uh they cater to like you know, if you're doing an engine swap, they have all the mounts. Is that right? That's absolutely right. And then either him or like Dave up at TDC pretty much will do your, you know, do your wiring harness for Turbo you. Dave, yes. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's so, I mean, I got to give a shout out and a plug to Sal because Sal is also like a stand up guy. Like when I was having, like I mentioned the fuel injector, you know, kind of my, it's my own fault, but I was troubleshooting that thing like crazy. And he sent me like some extra ecus and like to help me troubleshoot and like everything like constantly on instagram like lot like facetiming me and stuff like awesome guy but so that and then i mean if i just wanted like for some random stuff on the car like rock auto fcp euro fcp euro you can't go wrong with just because of their lifetime warranty like if you buy something from them and it breaks just buy it again and then send the old one back and you get the refund. Like once you buy it, you, and so if you have like I do like a fleet of cars all using mostly the same engines, it's kind of nice to be able to just buy one part and then keep getting refunds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sounds amazing. And who was that? Sorry. Was that that's, Rock Auto? Uh, that's FCP Euro. FCP Euro. Yeah. There you, there you go, Brian. If that is your real name or fucking Brian, 
next question from our very own James Cooper Ryder. <laughs> okay. He says, and I guess this is a, uh, <laughs> he says, whatever happened to your red pickup? <laughs> uh, I hope it's still there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like we said earlier, James is the guy who's got um, Kevin's pickup truck. And dude, I can't wait for you to pick it up. To be, I can't wait for you to take ownership of it. I really, I, I'd, I'd love to see. Uh, maybe if you can get like some footage from the day you get it i'd love oh, to see that yeah no you know knowing james it will definitely uh do some stuff with it for sure because i figure i'll fly up there because uh, he he actually doesn't live like um my family and stuff lives kind of right across the pennsylvania ohio border so maybe an hour or two away so my, like I said, my plan is to like kind of fly up there and, and stick around that area for a few days when I get it. So we'll definitely do something. Amazing. I can't wait for that. Uh, next question sent in from C germ 13. Uh, I spoke to this, this dude before and this name keeps popping up, which is awesome. He says, uh, Kevin, which of your unicorns in your stable is your favorite and why? As much as I hate it because it always breaks down, it's the Corrado. I think the Corrado, like, I mean, I love rabbits. I love the R32, but the Corrado is just like, I don't know. Again, it was like my dream. It was one of those dream cars in, as like a kid in high school in the 90s mm. when when you would see them, like we would see them for sale at like used car lots for like, I don't know, 20 some grand or whatever. And uh, they were so expensive, but they're just like, they're boxy. The the wing lifts up. They're just so cool. Um, and they're so much fun to drive. So I, I, if I had to like, just say, if they all were working perfectly and I could just like go drive one, it's going to be the Corrado. Amazing. There you go, guys. You heard it here first. Uh, next question sent in from our very own Mark Duguay, the French Canadian dude. He was on the, the podcast. Great story. Uh, he says, I'll try and do his accent. Maybe I, I don't know. <laughs> French okay. Canadian. You guys know how Mark, what, you know, what Mark sounds like. Um, let me try and channel his energy. Um, dude, uh, if you could like pick, no, I can't do it. I thought I could, but I can't. It's really hard. <laughs> he was like, he talks, he's so passionate when he talks, especially on the podcast. He was like, dude, the engine, bro, the engine, like, dude, this guy didn't have it. This guy, oh, he's so passionate. I love it. But he says, if you could pick engine, color, year, model, what would be the ultimate Mark one for you? The ultimate Mark one. I mean, the answer to that's probably what's sitting in my garage. It's You've my, got it. Yeah. You've got it already. I mean, once, like I said, like there's a, don't get me wrong. Like there are so many great Mark one paint colors. Miami blue is amazing. Um, you know, there's a few other, like some of the, some of the, like the, was it rally yellow or whatever? There's some amazing like colors of Mark ones, mm -hmm. mountain, mountain green. Also, like I, I, I went through a, like a phase where I really wanted a, uh, a mountain green car also. Um, but yeah, like I, I would say it's what I've got with like a 3.2 VR6. It's I, I built I built the dream pretty much. Yeah, totally, man. Well, there you go. What? So you wouldn't change anything about it, really? Um, 
Almost, no, probably not. And is there is there left is there much work left to be done with that? Uh, yeah, yeah. There's always at some point because of this, the interior was so messed up. I would like to get the entire interior like professionally, including the dash. My dash is actually in pretty good shape. It's got some cracks on it, but I would like to get it all completely redone. Uh, but I would keep it all green. Like I would redo. I've got Mark II um, electric Recaro seats in there. I would get those all redone in like a green leather. Nice. It, it would be it would all be green still, but it would be redone. Nice, 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 nice. Next question sent in from Rado Matt, uh, who Matt Stoner, right? We had him yeah. on the podcast last, uh, well, maybe a couple of episodes ago now. Uh, he says, and I think we touched on this already. He says, to those who say the VR6 is too heavy for a Mark <laughs> One, is it true? I mean, I've driven, I, again, I haven't driven it that much, but uh, I have upgraded brakes. It's just fine. I, I've, I, I've driven it around my neighborhood and out on, so like my neighborhood is bordered by a bunch of roads that are like 50 miles, 45 mile per hour speed limits. So mm. I've gotten it up to, I've gotten it up to like 55, 60 miles an hour and it nice. stops just fine. Amazing. It's like anything. Like, yeah, you're gonna put some weight up there, but then just put some brakes on it to stop it. Yeah, I think that's what comes with engine swaps, isn't it? Like, we all talk about, oh, what engine you're gonna put in it, what what you're gonna, but we forget that there's surely got to be some other upgrades that come with an engine swap, like, you know, upgrading the brakes uh, and other bits and bobs like that. And I'm sure you'll have to do some fuse block change i don't know i'm talking out of my ass right now <laughs> because i have never done an engine swap i don't know what goes into it other than a fucking new engine uh, yeah. but like i'm as far as i'm aware that was one of the upgrades is brakes you know yeah i mean it's, it's pretty much like if you're gonna put a any you know more powerful or bigger engine in a car it's pretty much like okay now how are you gonna stop it and how is mm -hmm. it gonna handle and I mean, I don't have like super, super expensive coilovers on that car. I've got like some, I say budget solo works, but they, they feel just fine. Mm. I'm not, I'm not super slammed. I, I actually, when I first kind of got the car and was driving it, it was, it was too low. I was scraping and rubbing on everything. Mm. So I, I raised it up a little bit. It still looks to me, it still looks really good. It, there's not like a ton of wheel gap or anything. But yeah, I mean, I wouldn't just throw like a VR6 into a stock Mark One and then, you know, on 13 inch, you know, little, um, the, you know, like the wheels on your car, right? On your truck, like the little, um, just factory hmm. steel wheels and then drive off into the sunset, you know? <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Next question sent in from Alex. So Alex is the guy who sent me the replacement washer bottle that you would have seen on my YouTube channel. Okay, nice. Generous guy, very nice guy. But he says something, uh, a question that we've already answered, which is, out of all your cars, which is your favorite build? So, well, I, I would say that the favorite build is the Rabbit. Okay, okay. I mean, I, I love the Corrado, and I've got a lot of blood, sweat, and tears in that. And like, maybe like just touch on that for a second. It's like, I, like 
I, I stripped that car down. I built a rotisserie out of engine stands. Like I taught myself to weld in order to like work on that car. So like that really like I learned a lot doing it. But mm. if I could go back in time, I would do it all differently um, because I never did paint and body work. I mean, I, I did some painting and stuff, but I did it all myself. Like I would go get professionally some stuff done. Mm. Um, and yeah, I fixed a lot of wiring, but it's still got issues and stuff. So like, I think the, the simplicity of the rabbit and just being like kind of my first love is a Mark one, you know, and like, I, I think that's the, I like that build better. It's cleaner and easier. Sure. Well, there you go then. Uh, thanks for the question, Alex. Uh, next sent this one sent in from Mark one underscore lego no lago sorry i don't know why the fuck i said lego i know why if you i don't know if you heard the trevor adams episode berg lifey he says in his he pronounces it lego when what i think it's lago i think it's pronounced lago blue i've always heard lago unless we're all wrong i don't know if anybody knows how it's pronounced then please do not dm me because i've done this i've done this in the past where I've said, so I've asked the question of something really, really stupid and silly, like a small little, you know, <laughs> what's the answer to this thing, guys? Send me a DM and mate. Like, it'll be like a, uh, uh, I'll ask a question that I already know the answer to. Yeah. And I will get like 50 messages that day of like, oh, it's this. or So don't DM me. It was, oh, I know what it was. Um it was when I asked the question of, do you call it a U.S. rabbit pickup or do you still call it a caddy in the U.S.? And, dude, I got so many, like, mixed messages and mixed emotions, different opinions, all on this one question that I asked. And it was ridiculous. And I, like, was starting – people were seriously, like, getting on their high horse and <laughs> just saying – Oh, it's not a caddy. It's never been a caddy. It's called a rabbit pickup. And I was like, well, oh, chill out, man. Like, just chill. Like, it's cool. And then there were some people that said, just call it fucking whatever. And I was like, okay, cool, man. Uh, welcome to the conversation. Uh, but there's also people saying, oh, man, it's a caddy. It's just a caddy. And I'm just like, all right, cool. Like, it's 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 incredible, isn't it? And, and I, I guess from the sheer amount of people that were responding to that question just shows how passionate people are regardless of what the fuck you call it if you call it a caddy or a rabbit pickup truck i couldn't give a fuck but just the sheer number of people that got involved and would dm it like going out of their way to dm me and give me their thoughts and their opinions just shows you how passionate people are I don't care if it's positive or negative. What in what you know, what I find very interesting and you know remarkable is just the passion behind it. Oh yeah, is, which is amazing. So with this whole this whole, is it Lego or Largo? I think it's Largo Blue. I think that's how it's been pronounced. I think that's what it says. I don't think it says Lego, but. At this point, I don't give a fuck. Uh, anyway, Mark1 <laughs> underscore Lego or Largo says, Kevin, please sell me your rabbit truck. Is this someone you speak to or? Yeah, I, I've talked to him before. So, yeah, no, I'm not. 
like once I found that truck, like I'm not selling again. I've mm. only ever sold one car. I'm the weird car guy that doesn't sell cars. So you it, just have lifers. Yeah, <laughs> all of them are lifers. I, I mean, my from the I I've wanted a truck for a while, especially once I got the other Mark One, and because my goal with it is just to have something that like um i'll i'm gonna probably daily drive that thing because it'll good it'll get good gas mileage it's a tdi i can mm -hmm. take it to lowe's and like throw some crap in the back of it or whatever you use know. the truck for truck things man yeah exactly <laughs> yeah dude uh next question is sent in from a underscore maddie sick is someone you know i don't recognize that off the top of my head a Underscore, underscore Matty Sick. I, I mean, I could be, who knows? Maybe go continue on. <laughs> he says, <laughs> when is the truck getting finished? I want to ride. So. Hopefully, hopefully soon. Mm. Um, I think right now James is refreshing or actually the motor is probably refreshed. Um, I think it's got about a hundred and I can't remember how much mileage. It's not, it's not too bad for a TDI. Mm. Uh, and D Dave up at TDC, the harness should be back in James's hands. All the parts from S and P for the swap along with like the inner cooler and all that stuff should be there. So, uh, I don't know. It's in James's hands. I don't pressure him one. I don't have anywhere to store it. So that's kind of the why I'm, I'm waiting on the garage to get built. But, um, yeah, hopefully here sometime this summer. I guess maybe it could also work out that uh, it's done just about time for madness. So maybe I fly up and get it and drive over to madness or something. Who knows? We'll see wow. in the next couple months. Yeah. And is it sort of like bittersweet to to know that, one, you've bought this, the uh, Tabasco red truck and knowing that you, one, you haven't seen it yet in person. You haven't given it a hug or a handshake. Um, or giving it a kiss on the on the fender or whatever and but also you haven't sort of turned any wrenches on it yet yourself how does this like sit with you like do you, or do you does it really bother you that much that just you're, you're someone else is working on it like like what are your, what are your thoughts you know it's i hadn't really thought of it that way and now it's it's probably going to bother me uh oh <laughs> but um <laughs> no i you know what like it i think I have enough other stuff going on in life that this is like the one time. And I, mm. and again, I, I've never met James. Um, I've this only, is true. <laughs> yeah. I like he could be scamming me. The truck could have been, he could have sold this truck long ago for all I know. No, he, obviously, a, obviously a, not. Yeah. He's a nice guy. <laughs> he wouldn't do that. Oh, exactly. But, um, but yeah, no, I think it's just like in my brief, you know, and my brief chats with them. And like, when I first went into this, like we had a long, I think I was driving back from Charlotte or somewhere. And I had a long talk with them, like on the phone and while I was driving about the plans and he was all about it and enthusiastic. And, and he, and again, I think because it's a TDI, I, I'm not a, I have no diesel experience. So I trust him uh, with his knowledge and experience to like get it right. So mm. no, it, it is, but at the same time, I've got enough other stuff going on, going on in life. So, um, it'll, be, it'll be, it'll be here when it's the right time. Yeah. Like if it was your only vehicle, 
I'm sure you would want a fucking lot more to do with it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If it was like my only project car, it would be bothering me. Yeah. Like you'd want it in your hands without being touched. Like yeah. you want it. Yeah. I get that. All right. Uh, next question sent in from our very own Trevor Adams. Uh, like we've mentioned already in this episode, he says, I'll try and do his accent, shall I? Let me try and think. <sighs> So, hang on. He's a little bit higher pitch. It's like it's up here, isn't it? It's like so. Okay. Um, if you had any non Volkswagen, what would it be? Now that's a very poor uh, impression. Sorry, I butchered it. But yeah, he said if you had another not, if you had a non Volkswagen, what would it be? I mean, if it was going to be a project, um. I would probably, like I said earlier, have like a Porsche of some, like a Porsche 911. That's right. Um, yeah. yeah. Like there's a guy, there's a local guy here to me, uh, Jim. He's an older guy. I think he's in his 60s. He's got a 93 um, 964 Carrera Porsche. It's beautiful machine. Mm. Uh, and, and I've told him, I've told him multiple times, I was like, you do not sell this car. Like one day I will buy this from you. I don't know if I, I don't know if I can afford it now, but um, yeah, like that would be what I would have. Well, okay, here's a question to put to you. Let's say that Porsche came up for sale, and you didn't oh. have you didn't have the funds. Would you sell one of your vehicles to buy that Porsche? I knew that's where you were going with this question. <laughs> uh, I don't think I don't think I could. You couldn't bring us. Okay, so my question basically is: Could you ever bring yourself to sell a, a vehicle to then own another vehicle? Yeah, I, I don't think so. It's a, I have a weird sentiment, like because I almost sold my R thirty two like about three years ago, mm. um, right before like that whole market got crazy hot. Also, but um, yeah, I mean, it was I recognized it was impractical. Uh, and this was this was before I got the rabbits and, and the truck, obviously. But like I, you know, I had a car seat in the back of it. It just wasn't. It didn't make sense, and so I almost sold it. And like mm. at the time, and I and I'm so glad I didn't. And I think coming that close, and then you know not doing it, like I realized, like nah, there's no point. Like there's definitely like, my my Corrado is not that nice. So like I wouldn't get that much money for it. And I've got way too much money and blood and tears and that thing. Mm. And, um, and then like, you know, even the truck, the truck, I guess when it's all done would, would be a decent example of a truck and probably be worth a little bit of money, but, oh hell yeah! but still like, I would just, like I said, I want a truck. I just want to drive it. The rabbits. No, I won't ever sell. So really all I would probably sell would be the R32 and like just to sell that, I don't know. To, again, like I kind of touched on it earlier, like that. I remember like the advertisements coming out for it. I had that car as a like the screensaver on my, you know, desktop computer when I was in college. Uh, I actually never dreamed of. I thought I would own one, and then you know I get out and I get out on my own, and like my first real purchase in the world, I found that one, and That's was mad. able to get it. So, yeah. That's mad. But I, I don't. I don't think I could. I don't think I could sell those cars to 
um, to fund another car. Mm. Do you, are you one of these people as well that sort of keeps like a spreadsheet of all your purchases? Oh dear gosh. Yeah. I've got, really. I've got a spreadsheet for every vehicle. Yeah. Wow. Let's just, and thankfully the ex-wife never found those spreadsheets. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. All right. Uh, he also says, why do you look so good? In, sorry. Why do you look so cute with glasses? <laughs> I, 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 do you guys converse on a regular basis? I'm going to have to, it's not ringing a bell with me, but now we've been talking for almost three hours. So, uh, I, I'm not, maybe, I, maybe <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll just take the compliment, you know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, our last little, uh, submission is from Cordell. Uh, he says, my, my Irani silver, Ir Irani, did I say that right? He might have, he might have misspelled it or something. What is the color again? Sorry. It's a Nari. Inari. I, I, it's like I-N-A-R-I. So it must have been spell check because the question says, my Irani brother. <laughs> so oh, like, okay. I, I'm like we're, sure from I, like we're from Iran. Yeah, I don't think you're from Iran, are you? You're from, I am not. <laughs> are you from North Carolina or Prince? Uh, no, no. Remember, because I've lived, I've lived like West Virginia, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Georgia. Yeah. I've lived like mostly on the East Coast uh, throughout my life. Sure. Well, anyway, okay. Let's rephrase. He says, "My is is it Inari? Inari? Yes. Okay. My my in my Inari br silver brother. You better come to madness, man. And I'm assuming he's he's meaning this year." So, yeah, he probably he probably is. He was dude. trying to get me to come last year, and, was, and I, I really wanted to go last year, but I still had too many things to get yeah. done on the car. Do you know many other people with that same color? Um, I know um, there's a guy, Kyle, up in PA. He's got uh, – his is a 79, though. I think Cordell and I are the only two that I know of I'm sure there's others out there mm. of like the 78 cham champagne editions. That's pretty special though, isn't it? Like you got to feel pretty special to own something that's very, very unique in that sense. Yeah. But I mean, I, I go back to, I think that's what's awesome about the Mark ones again, is because there were so many different, either special models or co different colors and things. Mm. I mean, look at yourself with like mountain greens. Yeah. Like, there are a few other mountain green pickups, but like really how many, there's not like a hundred of them. Well, let me, well, let me put this out to you. I think I've got the only early Westie truck in the UK. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like let alone the color, like I've got the only one in the UK, like the next, the, the next U S import, the closest one is probably going to be, in Europe somewhere, like Spain. But okay. that guy Krasi or Krasi, I can't pronounce his name right. I think I don't think his is an early Westie. He just did like he didn't even swap the um core support. I think he just like cut out the core support and fit in fitted the uh square headlights. I don't even think it's a legit uh. I don't even think it's a legitimate early Westie. And there's nothing wrong with that really. Each to their own I suppose. Yeah, uh, yeah, but like it's, uh, and I don't want to brag. 
I don't want to be like, oh, look at me. I've got the only fucking early Westie in the land. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I feel, I, it just makes it even more special to me. And that's what I wanted to, you know, I guess that's what you feel as well with your, the champagne edition. I think it, it, it must feel pretty special to have something. And like you say, most Mark One owners will have something that feels very special and unique that you just don't see anymore even just in your own hometown like i'm sure you're the only fucking one with a mark one i'm like well until like a couple months ago i'm like the only volkswagen guy in my entire area well there's like there's a there's like a lot of guys that have bmws and and build bmws like especially like old e30s and things like that Mm. Um, and, and there's a lot, a lot of them used to be Volkswagen guys. Like they all had Mark four Jettas and stuff when they were younger. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, but it's kind of funny. Cause then like a couple months ago, another guy in town, he bought an R 32 and then I found out just yesterday, there's another guy here. He, he, um, he bought a right hand drive Harlequin, Harlequin, however you say it, you know, like the multicolored. Oh yeah, uh, um, the United oh, Colors of Benetton type thing. Yeah, is that what he, it is? It's like the every panel on the car is like a different color. Yeah, like you know, the Har- Harley Quinn or something. Yeah, like Harlequin, Harley. Yeah, but it's a uh, it's a right hand drive Polo um, that was imported and it's it's only like one of three or something in the U.S. And like yeah, he's a guy that like helps run our local cars and coffee. Wow. So like, so like uh, maybe, maybe I'm wearing off and finally all these BMW guys are getting back into Volkswagens, but <laughs> amazing. Well, those are the questions from the listeners. So thank you to everybody who sent them in. I know there's a few that I didn't read just because they're basically the exact same question, but thank <laughs> you nonetheless for sending those in. Uh, again, guys, if you ever do have a question for my guests, just make sure you stay tuned into the Instagram because I do post on the Instagram stories. You know, that is where you can submit your questions. Uh, now, I have a couple of sort of closing questions, I suppose. Uh, the first question I want to ask is who inspires you in the Volkswagen community? Oh, man. Oh, that's there's because I cross like so many of the different groups. Like if I'm thinking like Mark one, there's so many like, yeah, uh, I mean, like I said, like there's so many people that are helpful just with knowledge, experience, just cool stories. Um, Who inspires me? Gosh. Mm. Mm. You know. I'm a huge fan of Bobby and his truck and all, and also all the work he does on Porsches. Like those things are beautiful machines mm, yes. um, down there. And so and like, he does like top notch work. Like that's very inspiring to look at like his stories on Instagram and stuff and see, you know, Poplin, like he's a stand up guy and he's just all, got so much cool stuff or whatever. Um, the work Plus, he does. Poplin is like a, what would you call it? What's that store? I used to even work. I used to work for Hollister, Abercrombie and Fitch. That's it. Yeah. I think uh, Walter is is just an ex Abercrombie and Fitch model. That's he just <laughs> looks. He he's an absolute stud muffin, is what we would call in the UK. He's a stud muffin. I can just picture him now with his little 
jeans on with his shirt off and tucked into his belt just just r- driving around the ranch in a little golf buggy uh picking up chickens and stuff what a dude what an oh, yeah. absolute dude oh, have you seen that actually there's a netflix documentary about abercrombie and fitch have you seen that i i have not dude watch it it's so are they like, even still are they still in business i don't even know. yeah they've got like a different ceo Okay. Like, apparently, like this, the old CEO was gay, and there's nothing wrong with people being gay. But the thing is, he hired a gay, another gay photographer, and they basically—that's how they took photos of all of those models. They basically got a load of straight models, men, male models, and they got them to go into all these different scenarios of like you know playing lacrosse and playing football and doing you know weird peppy sports uh <laughs> or preppy sorry preppy sports and um this gay photographer would get these straight guys into different scenarios to take their photos and there was a bit of perverv perverted like things happening around that time you know just before everything went kicked off with Abercrombie and Hollister and all the rest of it it's a very interesting documentary, uh, hmm. and it just shows like the rise and fall of Abercrombie. Very interesting, uh, but yeah, I just joke around. Poplin obviously isn't an Abercrombie <laughs> bitch model, but he fucking looks like one because he's such a sexy beast. Uh, anyway, um, <clears throat> what were we saying? Oh yeah, uh, he's a fine. he's a good guy for sure. Yeah, yeah, he is. <laughs> he is. He is a good guy. He is. But he's like, I mean, like he, he's, he never stops working either. Like, I think it's very inspiring his work ethic. Like, because nice. to me, I'm going to say that this made like people may like, he's like a kid, right? He's like, he's young and, and he's just like works his ass off like all the time, whether it's yeah. like, you know, something with the wheels or the school or the farm or the projects and stuff like there, you don't see that in a lot of people these days. So it no, is very no. inspiring absolutely it's it's really weird and i won't mention any names because this is not the place to drag someone through the mud or anything like that uh this is a place to celebrate people to be fair but i often see people that have got it made so like they've got it so well like they're just so lazy and they got daddy's money and it's just they can have anything they want they can have it right there and then like the type of people that could just buy a fucking caddy a golf a rabbit whatever the fuck they want and they can just have it mint condition and but the the thing is they won't have gone through the the traumas the yep. the frustrations the like you mentioned earlier like breaking down on the side of the road and being caught in the rain looking under the hood they won't have gone through that and i think there's something to be said for people that are struggling through it and learning about their own vehicle problem solving troubleshooting over buying a fucking turnkey whatever and just not knowing any not knowing what they drive and it's like uh, like Vin Diesel fucking says on Fast and Furious. What does he say? He says, a real racer knows exactly what's under the 
<laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, so I've always been attracted to that whole thing of like, well, fuck yeah, man. If I'm going to get into cars and stuff, I want to be like that. I want to, I want to know exactly like what I've put. I want to know exactly how this car works. I want to know exactly what parts are where, how long they've been there. Yeah. Every fucking nut and bolt, every wire. I want to know what everything does. Whereas I know that there's people in this, not this community, maybe, but definitely people here in the UK that have just got it made so fucking easy. And they don't know the struggles of being a Mark One owner because they've just bought someone else's project for like 20 odd grand. It's a joke. Anyway, well, that's my, my rant over. No, you're right. And then the sad thing is, is they probably don't know what what they need to do to keep the car and like, you know, being mm. as nice as it is. And then they end up like messing it all up and then selling it later. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It just goes on in a su- fucking circle. Um, yeah. My next question kind of is on theme with what I just talked about. And that is what pisses you off? Oh man. Um, like you want one thing? Well, yeah. I mean, instead of doing like room 102, which is what we've done in previous episodes. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to just go straight to it. Like, what fucking pisses you off? What grinds your gears? I have to like pick something that's, you know, uh, not a hot topic, I guess. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Gosh, what pisses me off? Grinds me. I hate it. People? Like, I just there's there's a lot of really really dumb people in this world and like oh, yeah. yeah and like like they're just rude they're like you know just it takes two seconds just to say please and thank you to people right mm. and like you see them all the time like you're at like I don't know a grocery store or, or like a Target or like Walmart over here or whatever and like they're just those people that are like yelling at like I don't know like the 16 year old kid who's like you know just trying to do their job right mm. like that kind of stuff pisses me off more than anything i i you know we, we didn't really touch on it but like i, I work uh, in manufacturing i've got like 275 employees that i'm responsible for wow. and like i run into it all the time just people like being just assholes to each other like for no reason mm. like like i'm sure your mom your grandmother your father your grandfather like your aunt like your upbringing, somebody raised you in life to like, just say please and thank you. Show some common decency to people. And like, no, like, it's there. There's there's a lot of good people out there. But there's some people that are just like straight, yeah, a-holes. And it just drives me nuts. Dude, there is something to be said. Again, it kind of links to what I was saying about people that have just been handed stuff on a plate. Oh, like yeah. Inherited stuff and just gone straight to success or being a part of a business like their family business or whatever if you're in that position that's fine but i think there's something better there's something bigger to be said for the people that have had to you know be a waiter or a waitress or be a a cough work in a coffee shop or work in retail work in like you say a grocery store i think if you i think there's something to be said for going through that period of your life those you know, start up jobs and you can, I think you have to your way through that to become, 
you know, you find your dream job eventually. But I think if you've gone through those shitty jobs uh, that no one else wants to do and, no, you know, I think there's so much to be said for that. You know, you learn so much from going through those jobs and fighting through it. Uh, whereas for those people that have just ha been handed careers on a plate, I think their ca it says a lot about their character. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh oh, yeah, absolutely. Like you can equate life events and character, as you say, character building events in life. Because it doesn't have to be just be work. It can just be life, right? Like some people, as you said, some people are born with a silver spoon and some aren't. Mm. And in my experience, like the best people in life are the people that work their asses off to overcome whatever situation they were in life, you know, get through whatever to get where they are. Mm. Um, and, and yeah, at like 1000% agree with you. Yeah. I mean, I, my first job was working in a supermarket behind a, behind a cashier, a checkout, what we call them. Yeah. And I've been through that shit, man, yeah. doing a nine hour shift, just sat down beeping through products, beeping through someone's, uh grocery stores for that week and it's so mind-numbingly boring and horrible so when i see people like shouting or arguing or you know complaining to like the waiter or waitress or something i'm like how fucking dare you like yeah how you don't know what this person's going through why they've got this job like you have no idea what they go through and it's probably going to be a lot more than what you know the privileged person was going through you know so oh yeah dude you've you've brought up a, a very important um topic there and i think i think the main message that people need to get from this is just be a nice fucking human <laughs> just be just we're all human let's let's not forget like we're all human I, there was like a phrase where it was like if you take such and such away we're all the same basically um I can't remember it now, but yeah, dude. Yeah. I mean, just common, common courtesy most of the time, but yeah. yeah. Uh, my other question was, um, if you could have, if you could give advice to anybody just starting up with a Mark one, Mark two, whatever, what would it be like for someone that's just got their first project car? Maybe someone's just getting into this. What advice would you give someone? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I would probably say from, I would say, you know, lay out your plans of like, and be realistic. Like, cause everyone goes into a project of like thinking, Oh, I want to change all this or do all this stuff. Like be realistic. Like what's your budget and, and time frame. We kind of touched on the time frame aspects of it earlier. Mm-hmm like time frame budget and then go look and see you know i'm a big proponent and i know a lot of people will disagree with me it's like i believe you get what you pay for so i do believe in like paying for the better brand of parts or those kind of things but i get it not everyone can afford that stuff mm. and so sometimes you've got to you know you know you got to pick and choose what parts of your project you spend your money on but you know like I, it's probably my engineer brain it's like if you want to, if you want to succeed, you got to plan to succeed. And so like kind of just take some time and plan out what you're, what you want out of that project before you just dive in and start like buying parts and all that stuff. Mm. 
Absolutely. There you go, peeps. Now, is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Any topics you wanted to bring up before we we close this? Mm. I don't think so. Uh, you know, I really appreciate you having me on. I'm a huge fan. I love like, you know, your spotlight on the Volkswagen community, you know, whether it's Mark ones or whatever. Um, and yeah, just uh, happy to keep following along and, and seeing your build as it progresses. Oh, dude, thank you so much for the kind words. I, I really appreciate that. I don't know if you could call the truck a build. I don't know. I, I always <laughs> sort of equate a build to be like, you know, you having a shell and you've literally put everything in it yourself from engine. Like there's a guy right now in the UK, his YouTube channel is like Zach Ga Zach's Garage or something. And he started, it looks like he's literally stripped his caddy, his UK caddy back to, you know, nothing, did the whole paint job. And he's yeah. releasing videos every now and then of him installing parts back in, like from, from literally a shell to a full you know fully functioning volkswagen mark one caddy uh which is pretty insane so that's in my eyes that's what i would call a build is that you're literally building it from the ground up whereas i in, in my head i think i'm just sort of like i don't know modifying or adding or changing do you know what i mean so, I, do you know so you just you just use the term project then so yeah, sort of. Yes, it's not fucking finished. I know that much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think I think you're splitting hairs. Like you can call it whatever <laughs> you want, but at the end of the day, you're doing something that you enjoy. So, absolutely, my friend. And uh, dude, I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time out to to do this. Uh, I people don't realize, and you know, I wanted to say this. I wanted to mention this today. Is that when people agree to do this podcast, it's like people forget that people are taking the time out where they could be could be spending it with their their loved ones, their family, their children, and or taking it away from fixing their fucking Mark One or whatever. <laughs> so, dude, thank you for coming on, taking the time out, and telling your story here, and just allowing me to get to know you better. And uh, I really appreciate you know the input you've had in today's episode. I really do. Um, love to have you back on again. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, thank you so much. And thank you to everybody who's listened. And dude, I, I hope that you get your Tabasco red truck soon. And I hope you get your garage, your four space garage all set up. And I'll have to sort you out with some, monster rabbit posters for the inside who knows who knows what's in the works but uh i think uh i think that'd be pretty cool dude just all the best and i'm sure i'll be in touch with you real soon anyway because no doubt i'll run into some issues and i just i'll get to the point where i can't find my answer in the bentley manual and so i'll come crawling to you and be like oh kevin fix it <laughs> not a problem man <laughs> Yeah, it's my pleasure no dude thank you so much for helping me out as well like in the past and uh yeah yeah thanks again and i'll speak to you very soon and i hope you enjoy the rest of your week same to you man have a good evening dude i'm going to bed it's like one o'clock <laughs> in the morning <laughs> I, I, that's what I, I figured it had to begin late over there 
yeah, man. I'm going to have to hold my eyelids open with matchsticks in a minute. But, dude, oh, thank you again. I'll see you soon. Take care. All right. Take care, man. Go get some, go get some sleep. <laughs> I will. Don't you worry. Cheers, buddy. Take care. Later, man. Guys, that was Kevin White, another Mark One owner. Another episode in the bank. What an absolute dude and a legend and such a nice, well-rounded stand-up guy. Uh, we touched on a lot of subjects and topics there. We, do- we dove deep into some and uh, I think that's what this podcast is all about. Amongst other things, it's about discussing. It's, it's about having different opinions on stuff, deep dives. It's about teaching people. It's about carrying on the history but most importantly it's about allowing someone to come on and tell their story tell their life share with this mark one community where they're from what they're about and why they love these volkswagen mark ones so thank you so much to kevin for coming on taking the time out and thank you guys for listening to the podcast episode i really hope you enjoyed yourself uh, and please feel free to hit the subscribe button the follow button or the plus button just subscribe to the podcast so you get notified every time i release a brand new episode which is every thursday if you didn't know that already and also make sure you check out the youtube channel which is the monster rabbit and uh, also check out the brand new website which is themonsterrabbit.com where you can you can support the podcast and the youtube channel by getting yourself some monster rabbit t-shirts hoodies long sleeve whatever you want it's all there i'll leave links in the show notes below to everything we've discussed and also remember to check out instagram because i will put a carousel of photos that reference everything that me and kevin discussed in today's episode thank you again for listening and i'll see you guys in the next episode (laughs) 